Thanks to HelloFresh.com for supporting Best Debate in the Universe. Receive $30 off your first week of deliveries when you go to HelloFresh.com and use the offer code MADCAST30. That's HelloFresh.com, MADCAST30. You're listening to the MADCAST Media Network. MadCastMedia.com Welcome to the best debate in the universe. Every debate in the universe from the Price is Right to the Third Reich. With over 2.5 million downloads, I'm your host, Maddox. Mikey's not in, but filling in is Bimo, the audio engineer. And as always, my Maharaja of moderation, Rucka Rucka Ali. Yeah. Welcome back to the show. Guys, we're going to do something a little bit different with this show. This is something I've been meaning to do for a long time. We're going to switch it up. We're going to switch up the format so that we have the debate to start out because it is called the best debate in the universe. And then we're going to do a wrap-up of last week's debate and voicemail and then talk a little bit more about our guest. But first, I want to introduce him. It's Adam from Your Movie Sucks. Adam, welcome to the show. Help, I just woke up here. Where am I? <laughs> you guys, we have been looking forward to this for so long, Adam, because you're from Canada. I am. Yeah, so you don't come to L.A. very often. Uh, Once a year. Once a year, yeah. At this point. And you're here for the AFI Festival, yes. right? Yes, yeah. not the band. No, not the <laughs> American Film Institute right. Festival. What, what's been the highlight for you at uh, AFI this year? You know what? <laughs> The most notable part about AFI Fest was the fact that they canned the uh, closing gala film because Kevin Spacey's in it, and so that wow. was interesting. Yeah. I was I was gonna see that one, but eh, I guess I guess not. Um, Thoroughbreds was a really good movie. Um, yeah, we saw that together. Really we great. Did. Yeah. And I want to mention, too, uh, so Adam and I have been hanging out out here. We have some exciting news. He and I both appeared with Eric from Internet Common Etiquette on The Price is Right that is airing today. Yes. We're going to talk Set about that. PVR. You got to check out. It's the November 27 episode, and it is their Cyber Monday episode, because today is Cyber Monday. Uh, so check it out. We are super excited for our fans. I'm, we sat on the front row of the show, but we're going to get a little bit more into that a little bit later in the show after the debate. But this week, we're going to debate what is the best worst movie of all time. Now, uh, Adam and I have something in common, which is we both love really shitty movies, right? Unintentionally shitty movies. I'm not a big fan of the trauma movies where they try to make them kind of crappy. Oh, you like those too? Uh, hit and miss. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, they pump out so much that it's... Like, I mean, you can't possibly have them all be entertaining. No, no quality control on bad quality yeah. movies. Uh, <laughs> but I do want to mention, again, go to madcastmedia.com to vote on these movies. Pick you whose movie you think is the best worst movie of all time. And also, there's the voicemail number on the website. But Adam, as our guest this week, I want to give you first stab at your pick. What is the best worst movie of all time? Fateful Findings oh. by Neil Breen. Ooh, Fateful Findings. That's a really... Really good bad movie. It's it's a masterpiece. It's it is basically a showcase of what uh, a filmmaker with the American dream can accomplish. Um, I I enjoy it more than I enjoy a lot of other uh, crappy bad movies. Uh, the Room being uh, one of them, Birdemic being one of them. Mm -hmm. Love them all, but Fateful Findings really takes the cake for me. That that one has. So much rewatchability. It's literally sitting uh, in my living room in a Blu-ray case. And if anybody ever enters my house and asks what that is, I'm going to be like, well, buckle up, cowboy. 
we're in for a wild ride. <laughs> now, Adam has done a an extensive review of Neil Breen's movies, and they are incredible. These are so much fun to watch. I highly recommend. I will link to them on the website. Thank you. And for those of you watching on YouTube right now, I'm playing a clip from the movie. It is bonkers. Just the trailer alone. If this doesn't hook you, uh, you don't have a soul. You don't have a heartbeat. Um, Rucka, have you, what? This is a debate. <laughs> I know it's a debate. You're hyping up his pick. That's how you know I've won already. <laughs> Wrong. Anyway, um, so wh- what's the wh- what's the big deal about this shit movie? <laughs> uh, there's a lot of hacking. There's so much hacking. You would not believe how much hacking there is. What do you mean by hacking? Like physical? Like so violence? like okay. So Neil Breen plays Neil Breen yeah. essentially. I mean his. I forget it what his character's name is, but. He essentially is is casting himself as this this uh, genius superhero kind of person. He has mystical powers. He can teleport through walls. But he is such a good hacker that he uses five different laptops at any given moment. And none of them have the screens on. Some people might say, ah, oh, that's just because he got a bunch of broken laptops off Craigslist. But I have a theory. It's because he's such a good hacker that he doesn't even need the screens to be on. He's so good at hacking, he already knows what's there, and he's just conserving the battery life. Now, oh yeah, he's hacking the government. He's hacking the government. Government, government secrets. Yes, right? the corporate he and knows government all secrets. All of the secrets. Right. Um, now, here's the thing: you joke, Adam, but a long time ago, my parents. I don't joke. You, <laughs> Adam, never jokes. Um, my parents, a long time ago, ball busters, and when I when I was uh, misbehaving, they would discipline me by taking away my computer monitor. And that was that seemed like such an egregious thing to take away because I literally used my computer to do homework. That's child abuse. Yeah, it's child abuse. Thank you. And so uh, one day, because my, my monitor was gone and I was so bored, I turned on my computer, and this was in the MS-DOS days, and I knew my way around a command prompt, let me tell you. I was able to... I, I was going to see if I could log in to my internet service provider using my modem application... And get on IRC. IRC is, stands for Internet Relay Chat. So I turned on my computer. I went to the correct directory without any monitor. I, I ran my modem program, and I knew all the hotkeys by heart. And then I logged into my Internet service provider, hopped on IRC, and then the only way I could test to make sure I was on IRC is to ask people in the chat room to hit Control-G. If you hit Control-G, it plays a beep on your PC speaker. Suddenly I hear a little beep. <laughs> I confirmed that I got on IRC without a monitor. So how about that? Master hacker. Thank you. What do you say about that, Rucka? What it, does that negate his movie? Yeah. Cuz oh. Neil, you're saying that's a shitty thing. I am saying Neil Breen could have actually he is an actual good good hacker in it's, the movie. It's a great film. It's a very uh scientifically accurate portrayal of an American who's just the best hacker in the world and can also go through walls. Now, Neil Breen is, you know, he does these talks and things like that, and he doesn't seem too self-aware, or is he self-aware? You know, that is, that, that, is, that is what I'd like to kind of add to the debate, is that Neil Breen does something that no other good-bad director can, can, can do, and that's that he, he is now faced with the awareness that people are making fun of his films, but he's still making 
gold. Whereas any other director like James Wynn, Tommy Wiseau, instantly they go like, oh no, I was trying to do comedy the whole time. Mm -hmm. And then they try to do comedy. And when you fail at a comedy, you don't have a funny movie anymore. You have a joyless film. When you fail at a comedy, you can't enjoy it. When you fail at a serious movie, it's a comedy and you can enjoy it very much. Hmm. Neil Breen continues to pump out amazing unintentional comedies and Mm -hmm. he, he will never be tarnished by any level of self-awareness hopefully hopefully because like he he's he has to be aware of it at this point and he was aware of it before he made his uh most recent film pass through and that was still golden that that would have been the moment where i was worried the most that he would be forever changed but he wasn't yeah that's a good sign well i i should talk about my pick this week because we're gonna have this debate (laughs) for for finally for real my pick is the room the juggernaut of bad movies. Triggered. You got triggered? Why? Why? Because I'm in a debate. You just chose yeah, okay. the answer that I don't agree <laughs> with. Something you could... All right. Now, I got to say, I got to say, the first time I saw The Room was probably about eight, nine years ago. It wasn't when it was still underground. Uh, it was just when it was starting to get popular to go to movie theaters and watch The Room. And it was uh, something I heard, you know, whispers at parties. People were talking about The Room and how what a piece of shit this was. Now, here's, for the background, for people who don't know what this movie is, this guy directed, wrote, and starred in this movie. And that's usually the hallmark, those the trifecta of a real shit movie, when it's directed by, stars, and written by the same person. Passionate. Yes. Now, this movie is so bad, and it, there's so much mystery surrounding this movie. First of all, the guy uh, basically paid for a billboard on... La Brea Boulevard in Los Angeles, big big, uh, or maybe Highland Highland Avenue. I don't know. Big big busy street, and he paid paid for it for I think over a year to advertise his film, and nobody was going to see it except every now and then they played it in some theater in West Hollywood, and every now and then some dudes would walk in uh, out of curiosity and boredom just to check it out, and then word spread about how bad this movie was and why it was still in theaters. And uh, nobody really knows how Tommy made his money. Nobody knows why this movie was such a piece of shit. There are so many weird, mind-boggling things about this movie. Like, for example, there's this entire scene that they green-screened. They keyed out the actors to be on a balcony in San Francisco. And it looks really weird and artificial. There's this weird haze behind them and supposedly he shot it on two different cameras. Do you know the details of this? He, He shot it in both film and digital next to each other. Because he couldn't decide. He's like, I'll decide in post whether or not I like film or digital more. And so what that wound up doing is, you know, to try and frame something for cinematography, it's (laughs) it's just going to look like shit no matter which shot. You're never going to have like a well-framed movie when you're trying to do it from two big cameras next to each other. So theoretically... If we if we really wanted, I'm sure it would be possible to get a 3D yeah. copy of the room from two different angles. A I, 3D copy exists of this movie somewhere. I was just thinking of that because you could actually have like a VR version of this, right? Like oh, you put I would VR, love it. Yeah, VR. It's <laughs> <laughs> VR like you're really there watching yeah. him Listen, fuck her belly button. What is this? Uh, your favorite movie time, or is this a debate? Well, that's why it's the debate's so tricky, debate. is because they're <laughs> such good answers. You know, yeah. like these are things that we love. It's like good bad movies. They're but, the juggernauts. You know, I'll still make my point. Uh, know, why? Like why is your pick better than his? My pick is better than his because the room is like the Rick and Morty of bad movies. Yeah. You know, it's like it's one of those things Wait. where it's earned its title because it was there uh, first. Not Rick and Morty in that sense. That's not a good comparison. But it's it's one of those things where like everybody knows about it and 
a lot of people will use it as the sort of like, ooh, I know what a good bad movie is without really going into it. Neil Breen is so new and fresh that he hasn't quite broken the barrier, and I believe that he will. I believe that at some point he will be looked at in the same vein as Tommy Wiseau, culturally on on as large of a scale. Right now he has not hit that point yet, and that's because he is still he's still a supple little little boy. Well, I hope fresh. I hope he gets more discovered and not to the detriment of his art, because that's kind of what, like, as you mentioned earlier, uh, that's kind of what happens when they become too self-aware and they say that they're trying to make a comedy and they're in on the joke. Ha ha. Wink, wink. But they're not four amazing films. Tommy Wiseau has one. Yeah. Well, I saw Tommy Wiseau's uh, apartments. Uh, Oh, room. Yeah. Neighbors. 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 That's the one. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of yelling. Uh, Yeah. A lot of yelling. I thought was almost like a more frenetic uh, the room. It was a very so. So he he has this uh this. He, it's almost like a sitcom. I think it's a. Sitcom. It tries to be a sitcom from like what we can only assume is his understanding of what a sitcom is. It's very weird. Tommy it's unwatchable. Is, he's Tommy's Tommy's the landlord of a sh- of a of an apartment, and all these um, characters come in and they all have problems, and the problems are nonsensical. And his solutions are nonsensical. So they yell. Yeah, there's a lot of yelling in it. But anyway, uh, here's why The Room is the best worst movie of all time. It is almost every single shot of this movie has something wrong or bad about it. I agree with you there. But it is only because the public has picked it up and hyped it up so much that everybody knows like every little thing like if you walk into this movie on one of the midnight screenings you're instantly going to become like an encyclopedia about the room because everybody will have already figured it out for you fateful findings is a film that is equally if not more ridiculous and flawed um in equally if not more entertaining ways but there aren't that many people that have really dug through it yet there's not any kind of uh, screenings where people throw things at the screen yet. And although I'll agree that as it is right now, that, you know, the room is considered by many people to be the best worst movie. I think that it's time for it to move over because there's a new sheriff in town and his name is Neil Breen. Neil Breen. Now, here's the thing. I have often told my friends and people who come up to me at signings and things like that. They're like, hey, Maddox, how do you become a writer? I said, just write. But... At some point, you have to make your writing available to people. People have to be able to see it. Other, the best novel under your pillow is still a novel not published, right? It's not accessible. No one can ever appreciate it. And that's the problem with Fateful Findings and Neil Breen because he's such a jackass, he can't even sell his fucking DVDs. Now, uh, if you guys haven't seen Adam's video, maybe by the time you, this uh, this comes out, you you will have watched his video. You absolutely should because Adam goes through what a pain in the ass it is just to give Neil his money. You have oh, yeah. to go to what his like website. He and- he creates a website for every film. So Fateful Findings comes out and it's like <laughs> fatefulfindings.biz. <laughs> Not even kidding. Dot biz. <laughs> and that's how you're supposed to order the film. But he has other films. And so for some reason he just doesn't keep the old domains alive. So he doesn't have like I am here now dot whatever anymore. He just he keeps the one website. And to purchase the films, you have to specify in the uh, comments on the PayPal order. Like you're giving him a PayPal donation, and in the comments you specify 
I don't actually want Faithful Findings. I want your other movie. And the only reason that anyone would know to actually do that to get his other films is from a single Facebook post that isn't <laughs> pinned anywhere, but just one that I happened to come across on his on like the Faithful Findings official Facebook oh page God. where he's just like, oh, here's how you order my other movies. And it's not posted anywhere. It's not. It doesn't even tell you on the website. It doesn't even like he he's not very good at marketing, but mm. that is part of the disaster that is part of part of the fun of the film right <laughs> wrong i would disagree i think that is that is meta i think that is outside mm. of the film well, itself we're just talking about all the filming techniques from tommy Wiseau. i mean yeah. like you're talking about the production and the billboard if i'm not allowed to talk about okay that's come that's, on that's fair but also a hilarious anecdote on the side now here's the, here's what your analogy is like okay what if i rucka i said i said to you hey man you like that soup you're eating over there and you're like yeah yeah Oops. <laughs> yeah. Well, I pooped in it. <laughs> you're like, you're like, yeah, I love the soup I'm eating. I'm like, oh, yeah, well, that soup sucks. There's this really good soup. It's in Nepal. You just have to get a Sherpa and climb a mountain. And then, and you, once you try it, it's mind blowing. And you know what? I might be right, but no one's ever going to try it. And Why? that's the problem with because it's a pain in the that's ass, a Adam. That's a bad argument. That's a bad <laughs> argument. It's a good one. <laughs> There's no, there's no, that doesn't speak to the quality or the the overall judgment as to which one is the best worst movie. Yeah, but what if I have more people know you about? You brought it. up the whole shenanigan about needing to go to PayPal and make a donation. Oh yeah, in the Facebook. That's thing. part of what makes it hilarious. There that, you go. That, but that gives me anxiety. If I if I just sent money into the ether and then hoped maybe hoped and prayed two three weeks or months later I might get something in the mail that that's what I ordered. And by the way, in your video you got like a cracked uh, jewel case right oh yeah so good <laughs> but they were signed they were autographed look i'll give you that the crack jewel case that it's autographed is amazing have you net met uh, neil breen i tried so uh he lives in vegas and i happened to just out of random circumstance my one and only trip to vegas happened to be around the time that i was making my fateful findings review yeah and so i messaged him on his facebook page on the private messaging and I said, hey, I'm going to be in town. I'm a, a film review channel that has done interviews. And obviously, I linked my Charlie Kaufman interview to, so it didn't seem like I'm just there to make fun of him. Right. He didn't respond. But I know he checks that thing because he responded when I messaged him the other time saying, hey, one of the movies that I ordered didn't show up and you only shipped me two. He's like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he still screwed up. Like, even though <laughs> I gave him money for all three movies and he sent me two. It's like... You need some help with your distribution, pal. Yeah. Uh, he needs to, he needs, well, that's also what is part of what makes him special is that he refuses <laughs> to take any kind of like outside advice or criticism. There you go. Right? That makes it special, it right? It makes it incredibly yeah. special. Yeah. So yeah. his movie's special. Yours I can see any night of the week on midnight. No, well, no, you can't. It no. is a special experience to see the room in the theater with uh, all the fans who are there. How special is it if it's always happening? It's not always happening. In fact, what it's, is it once a week? Um, once a week somewhere in the in the U.S., but that's oh. one one place out of thousands of cities in the United States. And usually, it's either New York or L.A. or Chicago. Oh wow! So you just narrowed it down to three cities, you fucking ape. 
Well, that's three more than fucking fateful findings. Yeah, in your brain. but your whole point was it could be anywhere. It's so rare to find it. And then in the same breath, you made the point that it's always in L.A. or New York or Chicago. So your usually. Point, so yes, the room is easy to access. It's fucking mundane. You see it over and over again. It's everywhere. His movie. You need a fucking incoherent guy to read your note on PayPal donations and send you the exact DVD that you ordered without cracking it. Is this the best debate in the universe or the biggest hipster in the universe? Oh. Nice. <laughs> Bazinga. Yeah. The super. That's oh, my catchphrase. Remember? Yeah. I'm the Bazinga guy. Yeah. So, so yeah. Look, um, here's the thing about the room, okay? It's it's difficult to reach to, uh, Neil Breen. It's difficult to even get what you paid for from Neil Breen, which as a movie review guy, as a guy who does this for a living, it's charming and hilarious. Oh yeah. But for the average <laughs> consumer, it's obnoxious and it gives you anxiety if you, uh, if you think about it. But with the room, almost every single screening I've gone to, I would say a good 70, 80% of them. Tommy Wiseau's there. He's just there. Oh yeah. He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's embraced it. But that's part of why he's changed. That's part of why he'll never make another film like The Room again. See, I dis- I think there's still hope there because Tommy Wiseau, mm. so he's he's tried to change, but he's he has failed. He's now a comedy actor. That's what he does. He does cameo comedy appearances. Yeah. Neil Breen is going to continue making consistently amazing films. And if we're talking about the best worst movie, that's what he's offering. He's going to offer it again. He's, he's making a new one. It's called Twisted. And it's going to be amazing. <laughs> I hope so. It will be amazing. Yeah, but no one will ever watch it because no one can by it. you need a Ooh, sherpa in he, nepal he he will get there i, I swear so. tommy was out his movie came out what 2003 how long has he had right it's been yeah, like well, 14 10 years, years. move yeah. aside move yeah. aside tommy yeah i think uh he's got a point like as he's describing this movie mm-hmm. which i've never seen it kind of reminds me of uh this website that's plastered behind you the best page the best page and we read some of your early postings on that bonus episode that I don't think has been released yet. Yeah, and it's coming. <laughs> it's um, some of that early stuff was just so uh, innocent and charming. I hate who's the boss. Let me tell you. <laughs> and like using hyperbole and adjectives and just this uh, this innocent young Maddox actually like wasn't doing it for the money. Wasn't it doing it for the hose? It was really just about. <laughs> Wanting to say something, and that's what his movies sound like. But yeah, the room guy sounds like fame changed him, just like it changed you. Now you're a fucking marketing guy. You're not the same Maddox anymore. I've been the same fucking Maddox to my detriment, I think. Yeah. So, so <laughs> when I showed Adam before we recorded this this episode, I showed Adam a, a previous episode of the show, and every time I show somebody this show and they're watching it for the first time, I like to ask. Hey, what did you like? What didn't you like? What do, do you have any notes? Any suggestions? And Adam's like, yeah, that uh, that logo in the corner, uh, the font looks really old. And uh, he was trying very diplomatically to say it looked like shit, but <laughs> right. But but I, and I told Adam, I'm like, look, that's the best of my ability. Uh, so that's that's me. It's always been this. I this is this is not like me doing anything out of intention. So I am this right. guy. I, I identify yeah. with this. I get it. So you are the room. I I, I am. Well, I would say if you, this is really t- <laughs> <laughs> Well, you just the said room. the room guy, he's like in on it now. But like Maddox. I'll tell you why the room yeah. guy is, is not. Because mm-hmm. uh, I went to a live screening one time. This was for his seven year anniversary of the room. And he gave out uh, footballs. I have a room branded football and a Frisbee um, for a seven year anniversary. And... Somebody and there's a classic 
part in this movie where there's continuity errors left and right. He says that his best friend in the movie is his friend of four years, and then later on he says seven years, or maybe the order is switched. And then somebody in the audience, uh, you know, Tommy stands up and he does a Q&A. And he goes, oh, thank you all for coming to my movie uh, this is the seven-year anniversary, and then someone yells out, don't you mean four? And the entire audience <laughs>, laughs, and he's deadpan. And he says, no, seven. Like, he's completely unaware of his own shitty joke and movie, and he's trying to make it sound like it's a dark comedy in interviews and things like that, but he's so unaware and naturally a fuck-up. Somebody asked him this other question, too. They said, hey, Tommy, what, are, what three words did you use uh, to describe life? He goes, happiness success and have fun that's tommy in a nutshell he's he's He's, a he's a very charming personality give you that much yeah Mm. but it's authentic i feel Mm. like he's he's trying and he's still failing every step of the way in fact i have a a story my friend saw tommy Wiseau stepping out of his car in a grocery store and there was just like piles of cans falling out of his car i think she said like red bull or monster or something like that she recognized Tommy. She walked up to him, and Tommy's just wearing, like, a leather jacket, weird, like, uh, what are they, Junkos with the chains and the hooks mm, and Jinkos. stuff? Jinkos. yeah. Those, yeah. Those weird, like, Matrix pants. No, uh, Matrix? Oh, yeah. So, sorry, sorry to trigger you, Rucka. Rucka <laughs> hates the Matrix. Right? <laughs> Thank you. That's, we'll save that debate for another time. Yeah. yeah. We'll save it for three weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, so he steps out. He's got these like weird pants and leather jacket and everything. She comes up to him and she goes, "Oh, t- you're Tommy." And he goes, "Yeah, hi." And uh, she <laughs> she she says, "Hey, um, I, I'm a big fan of your movie, whatever." And he goes, "Oh, that's nice. Thank you. Would you like to go out?" Immediately asks her out on date, and she's just like, "Oh, oh no, no." I'm here for groceries, but thank you. Um, and then okay, bye. It was just. <laughs> <laughs> You know what my issue with the room is? Is that, again, love it, but the entire thing rides on Tommy's accent and his personality. The scenes without Tommy are almost boring. Whereas Neil Breen is able to bring a lot to his films. The film I Am Here Now, he was only in like half the... Or sorry, I Am Here Now. He was only in half the movie, and it was still hilariously directed. Um fateful findings i don't i don't think anybody can can fucking top this shit the the film ends with a mass suicide of politicians <laughs> oh fuck you spoiled it i was going to watch this movie it doesn't spoil anything spoil because anything. Watch, watching it is the experience you have oh. to see how this is done yeah. name a better film ending of any film ever I don't think you can. And this is the the scene in the movie where they are all green screened, correct? In front of yeah. like a, a, the state capitol or something yeah. like that. Yeah. And Neil Breen is standing there and he's wearing these like weird pants that don't fit, like weird brown. They're like flapping in the wind. Nothing fits. Nothing looks good. Nothing looks right. And then um, he added the blood effect for his gun in post and they don't react at all. The politicians, when they are holding a gun point blank to their heads, to their temples, and then pulling the trigger... They don't even react when the bullet's supposed to have the impact. Mm. Yeah, it's a big piece of shit. Oh man, yeah. Seriously, that's a that's a fantastic ending. Look, uh, no matter what shitty movie you pick, and by the way, if you guys haven't watched any bad movies for the joy of watching a bad movie, this is a great introduction to two really terrible movies. The I best. will I will say this, Adam. This is this is one point in your favor, which I think is unimpeachable, which is 
The Room is a lot of fun to watch in a theater with a lot of people. Neil Neil Breen's Fateful Findings, any of Neil Breen's movies, I think can be watched independently and still be enjoyed for being a huge piece of shit, right? I I can le- I've legitimately watched Fateful Findings by myself just because I love it so much. Yeah. I have I've seen most of the movie just through watching clips online and your reviews, which again, you got to check it out, guys. It sounds like I'm just blowing sunshine up Adam's ass and, and uh, doing a big plug here, but it is so hilarious. Uh, I love your takedowns of his movies, especially what's the one that he one of his Neil, one of the Neil Breen movies. He uses the same shot or multiple shots of him climbing the hill, and you could tell he couldn't decide which one to use, so he included all of them in the movie. It wasn't, it wasn't that he couldn't decide which one to use. It's that the entire film was padding. That was his first film. It was called Double Down. Yeah. And so half of the movie is just stock footage and him like narrating over top of it, talking about some plot about how he's putting anthrax in the water or the fish or something <laughs> like, but he's just such a good hacker. Again, he's a hacker. Um, yeah, that, that movie, that movie is a, that one I love to pieces, but it's, it's a, it's a difficult watch on your own, especially because it's so repetitive. It's like literally just watching the same shit over and over again. Whereas Fateful Findings is like his his magnum opus, or however you say, his his masterpiece. You get the feeling that Neil Breen um, romanticizes hacking. I think he really wants to be a hacker in his real life. I think he romanticizes being a fucking badass. <laughs> He's like, as long as his character is the... In Fateful Findings, like, even if you take away the hacking, yeah. even if you take away the fact that he can fucking teleport through walls for no reason, he's the only moral character in the entire film. Everybody else is a piece of shit, a drug addict, a murderer, a terrible wife, you know, like, yeah. everybody is an asshole except him. And he's just like, I am the voice of reason and I am the ultimate judge of morality. He basically creates himself as this supernatural breeing that... Uh, <laughs> breeing. Yes. <laughs> That's that's also where the fun of his films comes comes in. Seeing how puns. many how many brain puns you can make. Yeah, he is a he is a superior human being, a real human brain, <laughs> and a, a real hero. Man, so much fun! No matter what movie you guys pick, you're gonna win if you like these bad movies. Although, yeah, I I think I would edge a little bit towards uh, Neil Breen's movies if you're gonna watch alone. I I will say this much: if you're participating in any kind of kind of poll, don't just vote the room. If you've only seen The Room, be honest about it. And I really, I really, if you've never seen Fateful Findings, just take the dive, you know, get it however you can. The the Blu-ray was actually, I got it on uh, US Amazon. So that's one way to get it. That's not this cryptic, weird way that most of his films you have to buy. So you can get it on Amazon. Highly, highly recommend it. Um this episode sponsored by Faithful Findings. It's a great you know name what? for a movie. Yeah, we'll link to it on the website. Yeah. Rucka, as somebody, you haven't seen either one of these movies, right? Right. Mm. Okay, so as as a third-party observer now, as the uh, Maharaja of moderation today, yeah. uh, which of these movies sounds more compelling to you? Well, The Room is legendary, obviously. Yeah. Like, I, I feel like I, it's it's on my bucket list, but Faithful Findings, first of all, what a badass name. It sounds like a shitty 80s movie. Fateful, and then when you hear there's a... A uh, quirky director behind it who has no idea how how lame like just fateful findings like he says it with a straight face like it's also the name of his band or something yeah um he's got like a band uh, an album coming out called um the type mi- of guy that names his band name an unkindness yeah an, unkind- an unkindness <laughs> um like more like uh 
like unknown unkindness, you know, yeah. just like double it, just fucking yeah. uh, mythological <laughs> musings, yeah, just stupid fucking yeah. like fateful findings. The just film sound, itself yeah. is a fateful finding. Yeah, it is a fateful find. Yeah, uh, that's absolutely. So true. that's the mm. one I actually want to see. Plus, uh, it doesn't require me to go to be go to a theater at midnight when I'm already tired. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, uh, I've Grandpa seen you Rucka. fall asleep everywhere. Don't act like you can fucking stay up late. I can stay up late. <laughs> <laughs> I look at Adam because literally a couple nights ago we hung out I'm, and yeah. I, I crashed The one so time I was here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's yeah, true. Maybe uh, <laughs> the room, can, can we... Can we ask oh. them uh, to like do it at midnight Eastern time here in LA and just start it at 9 p.m.? Or is that just going to ruin the whole fucking magic? Yeah, it's part of the fun going I to know. see a late night Fuck movie and you, throw, you fucking throw spoons at the screen. Right. Every time you see a spoon on the screen, <sighs> people throw plastic spoons. It's fun and hilarious. Everybody makes inappropriate jokes. Mm-hmm. They're they're calling the main actress fat in the movie and they're, they're making fun of the acting, the cinematography, the backgrounds, the scene, the lighting, the dialogue, and then there's this one scene in the room which is just so classic when he walks into a flower shop and it's pure mm. it's pure transaction. Mm-hmm. He walks in. Great scene. He walks in to buy a uh, a dozen roses and a dozen red roses, please. One dozen red roses, please. Oh, oh hi, hi Johnny. Johnny. I didn't know. Oh, is you? it Johnny well, or Tom? Yeah. Definitely Johnny. I just said Tommy, but Tom, yeah. <laughs> Fuck was the next line. It all happens so fast. Yeah. It's like ten oh. lines in ten seconds, basically. <laughs> oh hi Johnny. I didn't know it was you. That's oh, me. That's me. Here's twenty. Keep the change. Okay, bye. Mm. <laughs> hi doggy. Hi doggy. <laughs> oh mm. man. I'm writing a I'm writing an animated series right now, and I wrote so many references to the room in this thing, and almost every single one got cut because nobody on, on staff had seen it mm. and, and recognized those references. Mm. Whatever. It's probably uh, probably done by now. This guy's like a real life meme, then. Yeah, who is? Yeah, like Tommy. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the disaster artist just came out. A movie oh, yeah. about how oh, bad. This yeah, movie you know. Is. So I saw that the James Franco movie. Yeah. I saw the trailer, and I'm just like, oh god! Like now, I got to see the room. I got to see the room before I watch this, mm-hmm. or the other way around. Um, you if you yeah. don't see the room in a theater, then you I wouldn't recommend it. it. Then you I think, just don't get it. Yeah, yeah. my friends who've you tried can see to watch it with it. drunk friends. Because yeah. I mean, I've heard, I've heard the, I've, I've also heard the other side of the argument before, where I have friends who are like, they saw the room for the first time in theaters and they hated it because they hadn't experienced the movie and it's just a bunch of people yelling around you and right. they're like, oh, I want to hear, I want to see and hear what the characters are saying and know why it's so bad, but it's a bunch of like, it's literally just an audience full of endless comebacks and mm-hmm. you can't even like really yeah. hear what's happening. Yeah. Their theater experience is great, but I would, I would say it's, it's recommended for people that have already seen it or i guess are planning on never watching it in Mm. a different environment anyway now i watched it mostly in los angeles but i did watch it once in san diego and that audience is much more tame they're not used to all the same jokes that everybody yells at the screen so that was a good environment if you live in a smaller city i would absolutely recommend watching it at a midnight screening with you know uh, a decent sized audience maybe 50 or so people who aren't that rambunctious so you can still hear the lines and that sort of thing anyway uh vote for the room madcastmedia.com rucka yeah. Do you have a wrap-up for yeah. us? Yeah. What's your wrap-up? First off, two points. I just realized now for the first time that when you named your website the best page in the universe, it was not tongue-in-cheek. It no. was just, you're not allowed <laughs> to talk. I'm, you, you must know this by now. Like these, and you're even on, I appreciate the support, but you can't even do that. <gasps> Guys, this is a podcast of laws. 
Um, you did. You were not tongue in cheek when you named your website the best page in the universe. You were. It was time to name your website, and Young Maddox said it was like super awesome site was taken, a uh, very cool web page was taken, and and you named it the best page in the universe. And uh, boy, does that tie into uh, the topic here today. And then uh, another thing is just for you know guys listening at home, I don't ask you to do very much very often, but everybody. Watch a movie called Windy City Heat. It's a rucker wrap up. You've seen it, right? No. What? Mm-hmm. Oh, dude. <laughs> Windy City Heat is not a bad it's, movie. It's, Watch it's new levels of. It's like. Uh, it's like everyone. Uh, did, uh, I'll check you, it out. You can't fucking. I'll watch this. You, you can't say Windy City Heat is irrelevant to this conversation. No, I'm not saying it's irrelevant, but yeah. it's not a bad no, movie. No, it's not. It's not. It's yeah. done well. What right. Rucka is such a Windy City Heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, what, what would you say? Acolyte, fanboy, fangirl. What would you say I you mean, are? Yeah. It's a, it's a philosophy. It's just yeah. a way of life. Have you seen it at all, Adam? No. You haven't seen it, right? So, Windy City Heat, yeah. it's uh, Rucka, you can do a good wrap up of it. I don't even want to. I just want people to watch it. Yeah. It's like it, it, it but okay, I'll 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 give you some without even giving away anything about the movie. People worship this movie. It aired on Comedy Central 3 times after midnight in each case in 2003 or 2002 or or whenever 2003. And um just a small handful of people happened to catch it, you know, like they only aired like two commercials for it. It was like Comedy Central totally threw this thing away. But it caught such a fucking cult following. When, this was Jimmy Kimmel's project that he worked on before he got his late night show. So this was like the last thing he did. And um, like, let's just say 10 years later. So 2013, the 10 year anniversary of Windy City Heat. People flew in from all over the world for this shit to, to watch it again on Fairfax Avenue. Yeah. Uh, oh, you are allowed. This to is talk. not yeah. the record. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Me, that was the thing for me. Yeah. So yeah, this movie has such a crazy cult following. It mm-hmm. spawned a podcast with the principles of it mm-hmm. that's still going on today. The big three, the big three. That's so right. I think the the podcast is on a hiatus. But oh, you got really? the Simply oh, yeah. Don podcast occasionally has the cast. Don of, Barris, one yeah. of the, the the main one of the main guys. Mm-hmm. Um, this this movie has such a cult following, which I don't quite understand. I've seen it, and Rucka has tried to get me into it. I'm I would say I'm tangential to it, but our very own Jesse P.S. from Pot Awful is a huge huge fan he's of this. Javaho. Uh, yeah, he's a is that what they call it? Yeah, yeah, Javaho. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's a, it's a huge cult following. I wouldn't say it's a bad movie. Did you have a bad movie pick, Rucka? What would you be? What would be your pick? Uh, this is not like as hip as your picks, but I was gonna bring in Triple X. Hmm. Oh, the uh, Vin Diesel one. Yeah, I haven't seen uh, just it. porn. Yeah, just the, just, all, just, just all porn, porn. pornography. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, was, you know, when that movie came out and people tried to torrent it, they fucking couldn't. Oh, they couldn't X. find that shit. Oh, that's a good way to hide that's your That's probably fucking... why they did it. Oh. Yeah. They're, all their fans just ended up jacking off. Yeah. 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 That's a wow. good way to, to prevent piracies. Also, also the... to promote jacking off. <laughs> <laughs> also, the, the 2016 film Tickled, highly recommended. Mm. Another one that <laughs> is oh. very difficult to search for I love on that. torrent websites. Mm. I love that title. That sounds very oh, it's promising. Great. It's, a, it's a shitty movie? It's a documentary. It's really great, actually. Yeah. It's actually really good. Oh, actually, yeah. I, I did see the trailer for this. Tickled. Oh, it's, it's so good. It's where they um, they have these like boys, and they pay them to get tickled, or to pay them to tickle, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, is that is that the yes. gist of it? Yeah. Actually, I showed uh, Chris Ray Gunn that uh, while I was here. You showed the documentary. Yeah. What what did he think of it? He thought it was great. It's very fucked up. 
Yeah, it seems it seems like it because it seems like it starts out so innocent and weird and quirky, and then it turns out to be like kind of um, there's this underground community of ticklers, and uh, it, it gets into like some yeah, weird slavery. Just watch shit. it. I got. Yeah, I, I really want to watch this. Um, so we should talk about though. Speaking of weird shit, <laughs> so how about this universe? All right, me. Adam and Internet Common Etiquette, Eric from Internet Common Etiquette. What a mouthful. We went to the Price is Right together oh, in that episode. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Go nuts. We that episode aired that's today. What, that's what the show's about is going nuts. <laughs> I want you guys, I want you guys to find the best clips. Freeze frame yeah. it and send it to us. Tweet it to us. I want to see these these faces. We were we were having so much fun. Uh do you want to give us a, a, a rundown from the top? What Yeah. yeah. So uh I I uh I recently got cable TV, which is <laughs> the opposite of most people at this point. And so I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't had cable for a long time. And um, all the shows that I would basically PVR would just be a bunch of like, you know, kind of schlock shit like Hell's Kitchen and like Judge Judy and just, you know, things that I could laugh at. Ironically, I wound up uh, getting kind of addicted to the prices, right? Just I think that it's a, a genius formula for like this crazy hyped up happy atmosphere and it's 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 like you're on fucking drugs watching this shit and it's also something really passive too where it's like there's no plot i could get some editing done kind of while i was watching it like with my laptop and everything and so then um after a certain point i just got the idea i'm like i should go on that show when i'm in la next and so i messaged up uh eric I was like, hey, you want to go on The Price is Right? <laughs> Just like out of nowhere. He's like, yeah, sure. And then I, I messaged you after. And I tried to get a couple more people in on it, but we were the ones that, that went. Um, and so, yeah, we, we planned this whole thing. And um, hopefully, you know, the goal was to maybe get called up. But, you know, as long as there was some screen time, it was fine. Right. And I think, I mean, the episode hasn't aired yet. It will today. Yeah. Um, I'm, we have to have gotten some good screen time on this one. I uh, think. Yeah, absolutely. We all got on the front row. Now, I told Adam and Eric before the show, I have been to The Price is Right one other time when Bob Barker was still the mm-hmm. host of it. And for those of our international listeners who aren't familiar, I mean, you got you have to be familiar with the show. It's been on forever, since at least, what, the 60s, 70s, something like that? It's a really, long time ago. Really old show. Gone at least through four different hosts. Uh, just generations of people have watched the show, and there's tons of clips online. But uh, especially look up the one that we're in today. Now, I told Eric and Adam the tip for getting on Prices Right, and this is for anyone who may want to get on in the future. You got to be a douchebag. Now, <laughs> now, that sounds counterintuitive, but I remember the first time I went to the Prices Right, First, and here's the other thing. If you are in entertainment, if you are a writer, if you are an actor, if you are a producer, anything in entertainment, they don't want you. You will not get selected. It's yeah. not randomly selected. They are screening you before mm-hmm. with interview questions. So the first time I went, I made the mistake. I said, yeah, I'm a, I'm a mathematician teacher from Utah, and I just want to say that uh, no matter who gets selected today, I'm just really happy to be here. <laughs> Wrong. Did not get selected. Ma- a mathematician teacher? Yeah, math math teacher. I said math teacher. Wrong! <laughs> <laughs> well, so this time I changed up my strategy because I saw the the last time the biggest douchebags in line, people who were obnoxious, saying racist things, uh, cussing in front of old people, which was hilarious. Uh, they The douchiest people got selected because that's what they want to see on TV. They want to see the loud personality. Energize. Energize, exactly. Yeah. So me, you, and Eric mm-hmm. were over the top 
enthusiastic mm-hmm. and excited to mm-hmm. the point where when we sat down, they moved us to the front row of the show. Yeah, we were initially just sitting in like kind of middle back area. We're yep. just chilling there, you know. I was like moving along to the beat of these really shitty songs they were playing. And uh, eventually they were like, yeah, you know what? You three, you're a group of three, right? Yeah, come up front. We're like, yes. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we had uh, these shirts on that, that said Drew's Clues, blue <laughs> shirts. And I was just, you know, I spent so long trying to think of some funny pun yeah. that I could bring to the show and have our shirts be. And it just like, I couldn't think of anything great that wasn't just going to be extremely offensive. And if you pick something offensive, of course, they're not going to ask you to move to the front or ask you to yeah. be on the show. There, there was, was some, a, that one shirt of those girls. Yeah, there were two ladies who had shirts on that said, if the price is right, we are yours. Yeah. Or something like that, I'm right? I'm yours if the price is right I'm or your, something. You yeah. can have me if the price is right. Yeah, they're just so like, are you you're prost- soliciting right yeah. now? Like, they're not going to put two ladies yeah. who are prostitutes you on, be on the show? On, okay. a, on a family-friendly game show. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was very weird. <sighs> but, Mine in the gutter. Yeah. Mm. What else would it be, Ruckus? Uh, you know, slavery. fucking marriage or some shit. I, it's fucking old school. Old school? Straight yeah. people. Yeah, what cultures do they allow you to just buy your your you know, wife? fucking I, Wild West. The, yeah. You fucking buy a wife. You uh, you love her forever. Fair if enough. You, if you can pay Long the price. Time. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah, it could have been just a, a reference to the Wild West. Uh, but... <laughs> but, Adam, so during our questions, they came up to us and they asked us, what we do, what our occupation is, so yeah. they can write it down. They're screening us, right? Yeah. What did we tell them? Do you want to tell so, them? Yeah. yeah, essentially, I mean, um, I, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, what is what is the thing that I could most e- easily get away with? And so I said, I'm unemployed. And for my backup, like what I used to do or what I'm looking for, I said customer service because I've already done those things. I was working customer service up until my YouTube shit. And so that was easy enough. And then very believable. Yeah. And then you, you suggested your answer. And all I thought is like, that's ballsy, but I'll, uh, uh, (laughs) this should be interesting. Like I, it was, it was ballsy enough that I was, I was looking forward to seeing how you got away with it. If it was any, if it was any more ridiculous, I would be like, oh, they're not going to pick us. Yeah, but, but it was it was just ridiculous enough. They came up to me, so I decided in my head, I said, okay, guys, I think I'm going back and forth. And I, I said, you know what? I'm going to tell them I'm a fisherman. And and then we went back and forth, and you guys were like, yeah, yeah, go for it. Totally encouraging me. Bad I, idea. I, I, well, <laughs> you didn't discourage me, which is encouraging. Oh, <laughs> so so I, I thought in my mind, I'm going to say fisherman when the guy came up to me. And when he came up, he goes, so what do you do? And he asked me, and the first thing that just blurted out of my mouth, I said, I'm a fisher. (laughs) Yep. And he goes, excuse me? I'm a a fisherman. (laughs) Then he goes, oh, oh, you're a fisherman. Great. Well, we just had, and then he named a product that is something to do with A type of a boat. He's a, oh, like, it's a it was boat. A, it was a type of a boat. He oh. was like a, a something bass boat. line or yeah, something. Ba- bass line, I think, is what he yeah. said. He's, he we goes, gave away one of these on our show. Aren't you impressed? Yeah, like, he said. Looking to you for a reaction. Yeah, I said we gave away a bass line a couple weeks ago. You probably know the exact price, don't you? And I, I just looked at him and said, uh, <laughs> yes. Those are expensive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, crazy. And I totally froze up like a fucking idiot. Yeah. Then later on in the show. He's intimidating as shit, by the way. The the, the, the initial interview guy. Yeah, they, that's it's scary how like animated he is. He's it's it was scary talking to him. I don't know. I mean, for you, you're talking out your ass. <laughs> Must have been scarier <laughs> for you. But man, it's like I almost like choked up a bit. It was so strange. 
Um, so, he's got a big personality, big smile. Stan, I think is his name. So, so yeah. Then we went inside, and then Drew during the mid show yeah, commercial break. Commercial so break it was right. not. This was not on film. This part. right, right. He came up to us and started doing some some audience work, asking people in the in the audience different questions and things Being like a that. Nice, nice guy talking yeah. to people. He came up to us, and so we asked Adam, "Hey, what do you do? Where are you from? Etc. Cetera, Unemployed. Et cetera. Unemployed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I made some jokes, light jokes and stuff. And then in my mind. I was thinking, okay, I'm not going to fuck this up. I'm going to have some answers ready, and I'm going to put him on the defensive. And so I kept trying to think of like what the name of a boat is that goes out to sea for to, you know to uh, to take people on tour for fishing. Charter. I thought, haha, I work on a charter boat. And where in Los Angeles can you work on a charter boat? There's an island called Catalina. I thought, ah, I work on a charter boat in Catalina. So Drew came up to me. He goes, what do you do? I said. I'm a fisherman, Drew. I run charters off the coast of Catalina. He goes, oh, really? I said, yeah. He goes, oh, Catalina, I know that island. I'm like, yeah. And then he goes, so what kind of... (laughs) (laughs) What kind of fish do you catch? And I couldn't think of a single... The first thing that popped in my mind, I said, barracuda. (laughs) And collectively, there were like six people, like way back... As we were in the front, I could hear people collectively groan. Like, there were definitely some people that knew you were full of shit there, and I could hear them going, that was amazing. I almost lost my shit. I was I was literally just like, I swear, I, I, I made some sort of a noise, just like, this is so fucking funny. I was so happy it happened. I was like, this is the best thing that possibly could have happened, aside from one of us actually going up. I am sweating bullets just thinking about it right now. On the podcast, just you could grilling probably, him. Yeah. Oh man. Question after question, like, and then oh it, really? Yeah. And huh. then he goes, "So how many do you catch? Uh, how many do you do do people catch on your charter boat?" I said, six <laughs> <laughs> Groans. Uh, it was so funny. So I could have. I think I could have sworn people did catch barracudas <laughs> on a charter I went on a long time oh, ago. That's a. It's a big fish. It's a big oily fish. Yeah. Anyway. So, uh, so yeah, I, th- I thought I was going to get busted for sure. But then Drew moved on. He shook our hands. He moved on. He asked Eric what he does. What did Eric, What was Eric's job? He said he occupation? did fundraising. And That's then he right. cracked a joke like, oh, maybe you should fundraise for this guy because, haha, unemployed. He's unemployed, <laughs> yeah, yeah. He was a nice guy. I, I, loved, uh, I loved seeing him and meeting him in person. Drew's a solid dude. We didn't, none of us got called. However, we all did get prizes like for just being in the audience he gave it they we all got the amazon show the amazon mm-hmm. echo show or whatever right? yeah because it's cyber monday or whatever yeah it's cyber yeah. monday today so we got prizes we got something for showing up but we clapped so hard and so long in the show and by the way for people who have not been to the prices right live studio taping you have to con- con- continually clap and scream for upwards of an hour and by the time it was done poor adam's hands looked like salmon Beat red. Yeah. Oh, now you can name a fish. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that would have been, been a smarter answer. Yeah, Pacific salmon, the great Pacific oh, salmon. Fuck. Who who's ever eaten Pacific salmon? Is that a thing? It's always Atlantic Pacific, salmon. I don't know. Fuck. Oh. Have you? Yeah. I'm not a fisher. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not a fisher. <laughs> I guess I wouldn't know. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, guys, uh, we got some voicemail. Anything else you want to add to the prizes right story? Uh, yeah, it was it was fun. Like the um, the basically the entire time before they even start the show, they tell you like, "Hey, uh, our producers and directors, blah blah blah, we're gonna be watching you guys, and if you want to be picked, like we change our answers for who's coming up and like what name we pick. Yeah, if you want to be one of those people, you have to be really loud and enthusiastic. And they also said you have to be 
giving suggestions to the other to the other people yeah. playing. But what caught me off guard was the fact that you couldn't hear anything no. they were saying. So it's like we're asked to shout these these answers. Like yeah. I think it's thirty five. Like, but I'm not gonna like I'm. I'm not, I don't want to screw them over because I don't really know. I can barely hear what they're saying. Yeah. And there's some prizes behind the door where I'm like, I couldn't even see around just ba- based on where we were sitting. And so the entire time we're just screaming like maniacs. And Eric and I were basically making jungle sounds like, <laughs> and we're, like we're hoping so hard that our audio gets on the show. There was like a little mic next to us. They might just kill it. Yeah. They might just cut our mics. Yeah. Because it's, it's ridiculous the noises we were making. But some great over-exaggerated expressions should theoretically make it into the taping, which yeah. uh, I'm excited for. And uh, yeah, it was a it was a very a very fun, interesting, and very strange experience. The first time I went, uh, I went with a long time long time listeners of the show know her, Leah Tishone. You you remember Leah Rucka? She was on the show a long yeah. time. My illustrate, mm-hmm. yeah, Leah Tishone. We went there and we were sitting in the back, and it was so fucking loud that I was just at some point I thought no one can hear or understand anything I'm saying, so I just started screaming at the top of my lungs, "I'm gonna come!" And <laughs> nobody could hear anything. I was just like saying nonsense into the ether. It's just noise. It's pure noise. You can't hear anything. It was exhausting. Yeah. But I'm glad I did it. And yeah. I'm surprised that I didn't lose my voice doing it. Honestly. Came close. Came close. We were so exhausted afterwards. Woo-hoo! The yeah. entire. Fu- yeah. It's like literally an hour straight of just doing that. Yeah. If you well, can imagine. Speaking of losing voices, uh, let's get to the voicemail. Whoa. <laughs> oh, funny yeah. man. Yeah. Thank you. Smooth. I don't yeah, have applause on my... I do. Here, yeah. I'll do my... There we go. For me. Woo! Uh, here's a voicemail. This one's about RoboCop 2. Hey, uh, I was wondering, uh, what y'all think about RoboCop 2? You think it was just like a cash grab, or do you think there's some merit to it? And like, do you think Irvin Kirshner was cool with it, or was it just a paycheck for him? Okay, holla back, girl. Finally, <laughs> we're finally reaching that urban crowd. <laughs> How drunk did that guy sound? Yeah. yeah what do you think of RoboCop Two? Was it uh, decent or a cash grab? I haven't even seen it. So. Really? Sorry. Oh, wow. Bad question. As the movie, as the foremost movie expert here, who has seen RoboCop Two. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Then maybe I should start Later. it. <laughs> I'll say this about RoboCop Two. It's Fi- star- finally a movie you have seen. Yeah, yes, I have seen. Go it. ahead. It starts strong, and then it gets weird and stupid. And then uh, you get a little bit of Ed 209 at the end, and it's uh, mostly a garbage movie. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say it's a cash grab because it was a very high-budget movie. RoboCop 3, on the other hand, was a disaster and a shit show and very low budget. That absolutely was a cash grab. But RoboCop, I would say the biggest cash grab in the RoboCop franchise is the newest one that came out because it's absolute dog shit garbage. Wipe my ass with it. I hated it so much. It's a piece of shit. Yeah, it looks like shit, the, 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 the reboot. You know what I think happens is, like... The people who are working on these reboots are not the ones who grew up watching the original mm-hmm. ones. Like, there's, they're one generation removed. Like, they're a little too old. Like, Michael Bay didn't grow up watching Ninja Turtles. He, he's fucking way too old. But in, in, in 10 years from now, the people with, uh, with, a, with a budget in Hollywood, the people running the show, if anyone's left running Hollywood at the rate we're going, yeah. there's a little uh, current events mm-hmm. reference for all of you out there who pay attention to the news. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, the people who are making movies are going to be people that actually grew up watching these sh- this shit. But ironically, then they'll be re- rebooting fucking Dragon Ball Z and shit that they're too old to have watched. So it's it's uh, it's a vicious cycle. I, I don't see it ending. 
It's a rock around. <laughs> yeah. Um, here's another voicemail. <laughs> Adam, a couple weeks ago, I brought in this fucking news story where I talked about how this Frenchman was trying to have a mutiny on a ship uh, because they wouldn't go to this island on in, in Madagascar with the bubonic plague on it. Ooh. The captain made an executive decision and said, hey, guys, there's the Black Death on this island, so we're going to skip that part of the trip. Mm. Well, this Good. fucking this Frenchman had a problem with that. And he <laughs> said, well, we should go to the island. Mm. And they said, no, we're going to offer you in compensation, what, like 130 pounds. And then, and then the guy complained, oh, drinks on the ship cost five, five pounds, so that's not enough. And then off the top of my head, I quickly made some mental... Mental calculations made a quick estimate, and I said, "Oh, what's that? Like twenty-five drinks? That's not enough." Well, I got a fucking correction about it. Believe, <gasps> yeah, believe yeah. it or not, with this fucking audience, listen to this. Hey, Mars. So, just got a little math lesson for you right now. Yes. Mm. So, when you have one hundred fifty divided by five, that's thirty drinks. Okay. Yeah. I did that in my head. No pen and paper. Okay. <laughs> Whoa. But why can't you do that? Pen and paper. <laughs> it's not that hard, dude. It's like fourth grade level shit. Get a life. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, get a, you get a life. I don't even remember I mean, how to divide <laughs> with pen and paper. Yeah, it's it's actually something if you haven't done it in a long time, it, you have to go back and study yeah. it. But this guy's a, he he took so long just to get out that sentence. You yeah. think you're so fucking good at math, you, you can hear your gears turning just well, to do that one simple arithmetic question. Yeah. Yeah. Plus, what, what? about t- what about tax? Ooh, no, there I, oh. there was no tax on the ship. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what do you mean? What, hold what on. If, what if it was a double? Yeah. A double or or uh, what about tip? No, this is uh, the oh, Brits. Oh, yeah, they don't do that. Yeah, Brits don't do that. Okay, yeah. well, what what if it's an American on the boat? Uh, well, he was a Frenchman, it said in the article. Well, they don't tip in France? No. No. Sounds like, yeah, they wouldn't tip. Yeah, because they're all assholes. <laughs> all right, well, fuck nay. What, what, okay. You know what it I'm is, though? I'm trying to help you, bro. And thank you for help, trying to help, but yeah. you know what it is? Yeah. Yeah, making me yeah. look all fucking Douche, slow. Douchebag of the week. Well, here's another call trying to correct me. <laughs> this, yeah. Just keep coming in. Listen to this guy. Hey, Maddox, you might not be the foremost academic on the show like you think. In the chapter, Fuck Online Reviews and Fuck Wills, you say there are five reasons to write online reviews, but you only give four. Now, next time Rucket gives a lesson on how numbers work, I suggest you listen in. Yeah. Love the show. Bye. Yeah, would you, would you, no. you only gave four? I guess. I don't know. I haven't... <laughs> I don't remember. Did I say five and I only listed four? Oh, big fucking deal. Maybe Here, maybe it's for me, the sequel. Let me see that. Yeah, go ahead. Check the chapter. It says fuck online reviews. All right. Rucka's, I handed Rucka a copy of the book. For those of you watching on YouTube, which, by the way, subscribe and hit the fucking bell, would you? Yeah. Yeah. Boop. Yeah. We really got to mm. get, get this YouTube game up. Listen, everybody. Uh, YouTube is where people get their entertainment these days. It's a series of tubes. Yeah, we want it. We want this uh, podcast to be the next uh, worst movie ever type thing. You know, your movie very, sucks. Very, your movie sucks. Yeah, it must be very popular. Sounds yeah. like a good idea for a channel. Yeah, that's the what worst I'm movie saying. Ever? Or you, you, oh, your, your movie, movie sucks. sucks. Yeah, nobody's done that. Hmm. Yeah, you should look at. Just try to reserve that. I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah the YouTube channel. It's a good idea. So Rock is looking up the What's chapter it called right now? online. Fuck online reviews. Fuck online reviews. All right, page sixty-one. If anyone is uh, ha- is holding the book at home and wants to join, following me in this. along, page sixty-one. Right. Uh, I'm <laughs> guessing I probably got it right. Ooh. Mm-hmm. 
Fuck. Oh, fake altruism. I thought I thought it said fuck altruism. I was like, oh, okay. F- fuck. Uh, right. We got yeah. malice, like Michael. All right. Uh-huh. We got malice. That's one. Yes. Fake altruism. That's two. Two. Uh, and three is vanity. Hold yeah, on. vanity is a reason. Oh, social status. That's four. Social status. Yeah. All right. And, and then, where is- does it say? Here's a list of the reasons people. Yeah, I don't see the. Oh, okay. There are only five reasons to write online reviews, and none of them have any merit. And then you proceed to list four reasons. Ooh. Yeah. Well, the fifth reason is meta, idiots. Meta? Yes, get a- <laughs> it's, it's between the lines. Yeah. Yeah. You're read between the lines. not to read. You dumb shits. Mm. Ouch. Of the week. Yeah. <laughs> Here's one more. Another correction. Hey, mate. 150 divided by 5 is 30, not 25. What a shock that you found that mass degree. Yeah, true. <laughs> Three in a row. Drawing Aussie. Thin ice. Yeah. You might not get that shirt. They got the metric system <laughs> over there. <laughs> I, I owe that guy a shirt from over a year ago. Mm. Uh, Adam, this is a question for you. <laughs> Listen to this. Hey, Adam, you've already touched on this a little bit in a previous podcast before, but what's it like being a furry where you are? Do you have any interesting stories to tell about them uh, or about being a furry? All right, thanks. God. Love you. Big fan. Um, I believe the politically correct term is fur faggot. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting, to say the least. There's a lot of uh, <laughs> in- interesting parts about being a furry, I guess. So this is the, you're, you're an actual furry, though, right? Yes. Yeah. So legit. Uh, can you? you <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> the audible groan cool. from Rucka. Can you can you explain what that is? I don't. Yeah, for people who yeah. don't understand. Yeah. It's it's a fan base or lifestyle <laughs> uh, around anthropomorphic animals. So like an example of a furry character would be like any character from Zootopia, and so furries are people that have a culture or fan base centered around these types of fictional animals not necessarily like specific characters you can create your own character sort of thing a lot of people feel like they have some sort of like kinship towards a specific species um and you know to try and define what a furry is if you try and make these blanket uh rules about what it means to be a furry you're gonna piss somebody off because it really is just whatever you define for yourself the only thing that's that connects all furries is like the common shared interest of anthropomorphic animals some people it's extreme enough where it's they just fucking animal costumes some people it's literally just like i like the art or some people it's like i like cosplaying but yeah, I mean, like, there's only a small percentage of furries who actually have those, like, suits or whatever. Most people are just people that want to get drunk and have fun at a convention, <laughs> honestly. Is it, uh, w- would you say that the majority of the furry community, is it, like, a sexual fetish? Or is it just that they're, they have a fascination with anthropomorphic you know, animals? Okay, here's, here's, um, here's what I would use to kind of describe that aspect. To some people, it is nothing but a fetish. To some people, it's right. like, I just look at Yif, which is like the porn. Yif, that's um, right, yeah. Literally, some people, it's only that. But there's also tons of people where there's nothing sexual about it at all. So, like, I know furries that are actually asexual. I'm like, well, that's interesting. Huh. So they're more geared towards the whole, like, cosplay kind of identity, like, pretend to be something else, like, relive this area of my childhood sort of thing where, yeah. like, this was acceptable and, you know, find a group of people that aren't gonna, gonna judge you for it, I guess. 
um, the sexuality part of it, like obviously the porn is going to be the most popular part of it. Just like, you know, if if let's say YouTube allowed pornography, it would just be a porn website. You know, porn right. is going to be the most common media form, regardless of subculture or lack thereof. Um, people like to jack their hog rucka. Sure do. You know, there's people there's people that are, you know, interested in the, you know, that are Trekkies that are like, I am in love with the Star Trek universe. You know, a bunch of them probably fucking their <laughs> Klingon suits and yeah. shit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, wow, I mean, like, you're quick to answer it's, that. It's a, <laughs> it's it's a very strange subculture. It's it's a part of my identity to mm. a such a degree yeah. that I can't escape from it, Identity even if I wanted are everywhere it to. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, like, I can't... I, y- there was a part in my life where I just tried to to pretend like, okay, I'm just going to ignore this part of myself, mm. but I realized I couldn't do that. Well, like, to you me, know, we're, we're, in, we're in Hollywood. Everyone out here is gay. Like, we know how it, what it's like, you know, just to watch people come out and mm. be accept who they are and we accept you. Yeah, this is the place to be anything. Yeah. It's uh, in fact I'm I, from you, Canada, so I mean. Oh yeah. no, this is not your <laughs> little, <laughs> This is not your conservative little snowy mountain town up north. This is <laughs> we we're, we're we're liberal out here. Conservative Vancouver. Yeah. Yeah, and, real uh, a shout out to my boy uh, Tom Darkwolf. This was a guy that used to talk a lot of shit to me on MySpace. He yeah. used to leave me comments and you know, telling me I'm my rap music sucked and that I'm never going anywhere. <laughs> yeah. And uh, look at me now. Here we are, uh, eleven years later. I'm here with the with your king, Tom. Your king furry, mm-hmm. the, the the most famous furry I've ever known, right here. And uh, he he thinks you suck. It's a rucker rap up. Oh, <laughs> yeah. shit, boys. I, I used to I used to talk to this guy on IRC a long time ago. His name was Q Porcupine, and I thought nothing of it until one day we got. Into like some personal shit, and I was talking to this guy, and I found out he was a furry, and I, this was before I even knew what furries were or anything. And he said, "Oh yeah, yeah, I'm I'm an actual uh, porcupine." And we're like, "What? What the fuck are you talking about?" And he goes, "Yeah, I was uh, I was born as a porcupine, and my boyfriend is a rat." I'm like, uh, "Is this a Ninja Turtle thing? What are you talking about?" And I couldn't wrap my head around what he was saying, but he identified as a porcupine, and his boyfriend identified as a rat. Is it? I mean, that's like part of it right like some people uh, identify is it that there's there's furries that don't even choose a fursona if you will and even even if i know it's filled with it's filled with hilarious lingo throughout there's the, there's an entirely different dialect and it's wow. fucking hilarious it's fascinating uh it's so it's so strange to you you have no idea just how weird <laughs> it is yeah like there's so many things where it's like i wish i could just like retweet this to all the normies and not feel like I'm being mean. Um, But anyway, um, in, in terms of how that um, plays on someone's identity, if there's somebody that actually believes like I was a dragon in a past life or something like that, those, although they can say I'm a furry and they're probably furries, um, there's, uh, it, it, it's, it's like a subsection that we would call like Therians. So those are people that like actually believe that they're spiritually connected to animals. And that's a very, very, like, I, I don't think I personally know any, like they're so, what's it so called? Niche. Therian? Therian. Therian with a T. Therian. So like most furries, vast majority, overwhelmingly, mm. overwhelming majority of furries don't believe that they have some sort of spiritual resurrection Those, from a previous the, the animal. Therians are like and, the terrorists. Of yeah, the so if a furry says, like, I'm a dog, it's it's less, I believe I'm a dog, and more mm. like, I am 
I am comfortable identifying myself as a dog just for the sake of my own comfort sort of thing. You know, like um, they, they know it's not real yeah. in it's just more of like a role play kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Hearing you talk about this, I'm realizing as much as as much as we do accept you, I'm, I'm realizing that in this lifetime, we're, we're probably going to see the first furry president and. I'm I'm just not ready. By the by, I, I feel like by the time I'm like uh, 60, 70 years old, we're gonna have a volcano as a president. Like I don't even fucking know anymore. Everything oh. everything's fucked and weird. Not an attack helicopter, possibly. <laughs> well, <laughs> you got to be careful. Okay, calling it attack helicopter. There are multiple different kinds of helicopters, and you got to be careful not to uh, stereotype oh, okay. all helicopters, yeah. please. But uh, one one last question about this: What do you think of Sonic the Hedgehog and the whole? Do, do uh, what think- about it? Like, well, what do you mean? I'm a huge fan of Sonic, oh. and not from like any kind of furry perspective, and not and people, you know, try to stereotype Sonic fans, and I think that Sonic is just cool and fast, and I feel like I feel like I see a lot of weird Sonic um, fan fiction and <laughs> yep. sexual sex, yeah. sex fiction. What's it called? Uh, erotic fan fiction. Yeah, just uh, fan fiction. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, that's not that's not. There's no like strong link between but, that, that and furries. Uh, not really. I huh. mean, like in terms, if you go through like all of like furry arts or personas and like what people associate with or identify with or have interest in, like Sonic wouldn't even be very high up on the list. Most people are just like canines or felines or whatever. That's the overwhelming majority. Although Sonic is technically an anthropomorphic animal character. And if someone, if somebody could be a furry that's also interested in Sonic, Sonic kind of has its own like fan base. You know, it's not like yeah, it's really cool. Fan yeah, base. it's not it's not like primarily a, a furry thing. And I, I I would say that Sonic and furries are somewhat similar in the sense that they both have uh, overwhelming high levels of autism in their fan bases. Oh, wrong. It's true. Okay, wrong. I didn't. I, yeah, it's wrong. not an wrong. insult. It's wrong. It's true, but it's also wrong. Look it um, up. Here's. <laughs> Here's another I've voicemail. I've got the stats ready. <laughs> Here's another voicemail. Uh, you know, I think that's a stereotype based on the Chris Chan thing, and we talked about this with uh, Jesse P.S. from Potable. Chris Chan, and then everyone stereotyped, oh, Sonic fans are, no. Anyway, here's one more. Here's another voicemail. This guy is asking about your album, and uh, yeah, he talks about uh, one of his favorite songs. Listen to this. Hey, uh, this uh, question is for Adam, and it's, uh, you know, about the album. Is there, you know, a release date soon? Uh, what's your favorite song on the album? And uh, one of my favorite songs by you is called Anything. And uh, while I really like it, the only upload of it is pretty old. Uh, is there any chance of getting a sort of like remake with uh, more, you know, high fidelity instrumentation? Thanks. Uh, good question. And before you answer, Adam, I brought a clip of anything so we can play it. Oh, shit. Is that cool? We can play a... (laughs) Yes. Here it is. Listen to this. Yeah. So tell us about this. Uh, so that 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 particular recording was just a, literally a single take camera setup, and then me hooked into like GarageBand or something. 
um, where the the uh, double bass notes that you hear are very clearly synthesized, but I was playing that with a left-hand keyboard and then right-hand, like, actual piano sound and then just a drum uh, a drum loop. Um, and so that was a song that I made just purely just messing around. I found some, you know, just... I felt like the instruments even though they were synthesized worked well together and then just wrote it from there. Um I I I consider that to be one of my better songs and there is uh a version of that that I'm making for the album. Hey. Um and uh it is it's I learned the cello for it and played some cello, played some violin. We've also got some uh guest violin on that track and um some really cool sounds in it that I don't really want to spoil, but I'm filming a music video for it right now. Um, just a basic kind of music video that I can film by myself um, that I've been filming for a while. Release date for the album? Uh, no specific release date yet. Basically what happened is I was so confident when starting this album that it would be out in 2017 that I titled, I, I gave a little hype video on my music <laughs> channel and it was just called 2017. Just like really ambiguous kind of marketing to get people hyped up and it's not going to be out in 2017 um so it's uh it's probably looking like between april and june of 2018 but as far as i'm concerned if it takes longer than that to for me to get something that i'm happy with it's going to take longer so the goal is not to have it out quickly the goal is to have a product that i'm happy with so hey i guess that's unimpeachable I can stand behind that. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. No matter how long it takes. Yes. No matter how long. My yeah. Ten my, years later. My fucking book took uh, two and a half years to finish writing. Mm. Yeah, and it's my it's my uh, proudest book. What, Arguably Rocka? 12 years when you consider when you finished the last one. No, it didn't. I finished the last one in 2011. So that's oh, what, the, like the, less the, than the six years. Book. It wasn't a fucking picture book, shithead. It no. had over 40,000 words in it, which a is consistent. About pictures. So? That's like saying when you open a book and there's a picture in that, you know how like a photograph yeah. for reference? Yeah. And there's like words at the bottom. Yeah. Like describing the picture. Yeah. That's like saying that those words are a book. Yeah. It doesn't matter if you are talking about a picture. What is a history book? It's a it's A, a book. bunch of words. Yeah. A bunch of words about historical events. And yeah. what are historical events? Can you depict them as pictures? Yes. So essentially history books are words about pictures. Just those pictures aren't necessarily always taken. <laughs> it's a little, little bit well, of stretch there. You, you know your history. I'll give you that. Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. I'm All very right. smart. Uh, here's one last <laughs> voicemail. Yeah, <laughs> voicemail one, here. Here's one last voicemail. This is. Hey, this is a question for Adam. I just want to say I love your content. You're Thank great. You. And uh, Adam, what is your favorite horse movie? You're always on about horses. Do you have a favorite horse movie? Well, there we go. I'm itching real bad. Uh, you say you're itching real bad. <laughs> like he's itching real bad. Yeah. Wow. Uh, so what is, what is this a reference to horses the horse and horses? Is, I'm yeah. not. You know, I'm not always going on about horses. I wouldn't say that. But uh -huh. there was like, there. You know, there's certain there's certain clues that I leave in my videos that literally only furries would understand. You know how I was saying oh. there's the, like an entirely different dialect. There's literally just jokes hidden in my videos mm, that uh -huh. it's like this is for furries, but it's not like. You know, I would never want to be obnoxious enough to to be like, hey, everybody, look at me. And the only reason we're talking about this on this podcast is because, you know, it's a question that the was question brought that up, came up yeah. which seems to happen every single fucking podcast. <clears throat> Not necessarily a bad thing, but um, it's uh, anyway. So I, I don't like I don't like uh, I don't talk about horses all the time. But there was one part in my Walking Dead review where I was like, you can tell that 
the horse is comfortable and not in distress because of the how its ears are. And just like one of those stupid f- fucking things that ah. no normal human being would even know <laughs> unless they were like a horse trainer or something. And so, so that's kind of like dog whistling to furries. Yeah, in a way. But that yeah, that wouldn't be one of the whole like, oh yeah, this is this is the this is the evidence that I'm a furry kind of jokes in there. Uh, there was uh. there were like three or four of those in my Cool Cat <laughs> review wow. that I just hit in there. Um, Wait, is that did that is that what appealed? What it initially drew you to Cool Cat? Um, well, you know, so when I watched the trailer, I was like, "This is fucking funny." Yeah, like it was it was slightly furry. It's not like I'm yeah. attracted to Cool Cat. Right, right. That right. he's got the brain of a child and the body of an <laughs> oaf. Um, <laughs> it's so funny. You guys got to watch Adam's Cool Cat videos. They're so it's funny. a good video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, I mean that I the the whole furry thing was there in the sense where I was like, I have to review this. Like it gave me yeah. more of a reason just to you know provide something special that that other other furries would find funny. Um, and so I'm glad that I was like the first person on that movie too, is because that blew up into this whole other thing. Now you're always um, now is he right? You're always going on about horses. I'm what's not. It, I'm totally not. What's your thing? Because I have well, a thing with I, horses. So I know. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. What do you know about me and horses? You hate them. Yeah. Yeah. Trigger. Uh oh. <laughs> Why is that? Well, so I okay. So I don't go on about horses, but on like my gaming channel. Um and uh my vlog channel things where I like where the product is more about my personality than like the film reviews or something right I'm more open about that shit and so some of my profile pictures are like my like horse character and so I if me as a furry I'm a horse what? and so you're oppressing my people when when you're talking about horses in that way Trigger. oh my gosh wow holy yeah. shit so that's <laughs> That's my animal. Surprisingly wow. uncommon, actually. Yeah, you would horse- think that you'd think that a lot of people would be horses, but they're not. I would be a lion just because lions are fucking cool and badass, and I've always liked them. But horses, holy shit! Did you read the chapter in my book? The no fuck horses. <laughs> <laughs> I go on and on and on about uh, horses, and and uh, there's a game Red Dead Redemption. All the different things you can. Yeah, wow. Holy shit! Where would the industrial revolution be? Without horses, years. Explain what you mean. Yeah, horses. Horses were used to transport material. You know, oh, they were they were until, service until animals. They could be replaced by the steel carriage. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Exactly. Interesting. Yeah. How ironic. They helped. They, they helped, helped pave the way for their own extinction. Yeah. Or yeah. for their own freedom from slavery. When yeah. you think about it, they liberated themselves by making themselves obsolete. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Wow. They're Sweet cool. Irony. Animals, <laughs> horses, yeah. oh, beady eyes. Uh, mm. <laughs> we should move I'm not, on. I'm not like seriously. I love, I love how the uh, whole identity. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I just love how your 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 take on the industrial re- revolution is that the horses that carried the supplies. It was their idea. <laughs> the horses they were ideas? whispering it to the people. Yeah. Oh boy, <laughs> this, this keeps getting better. Yeah. That's like a Maddox explanation yeah. of the Industrial no, Revolution. No, it's not. A Maddox the horses were carrying equipment across, Wrong. across town. A Ma- Maddox explanation is yeah. really smart and very clever. It's like uh, my example of history, where it's just a bunch yeah. of words about pictures that haven't yeah, been taken. Exactly. Big fucking right. deal. Like, yeah. Same thing. For like farming, they would get like horses <laughs> to do the. Tra- plow thing. Yes. Farm- uh, farming yeah. is the first thing that comes to mind with the Industrial Re- Revolution. No, no, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Every, everything that humans have accomplished at like, some point. You guys want to know about you history? Gotta trace it back. To horses. Yeah. Look, 
They are our best friends. Yes, go horses? ahead. Horses? Yeah. Horses are our best I mean, historically, who's done more to haul us around and carry our shit? Who's lions. If lions? We had, if we had harnessed what? lions. <laughs> if we had. If we had harnessed oh, lions. Yeah. If we had oh, domesticated yeah, them, I'd you, love to have a pet lion. They just kill people. The, the Industrial Revolution would have lasted a week, yeah. and it would have been done. We would have been to the next age if we had harnessed the power of lions if, early on. If you put the lions in the assembly line <laughs> yeah. with oh the God. machinery. Yeah. They would have a, done it faster than the people. I think you guys yeah. are, are are wildly overstating the role of animals in the Industrial Revolution. <laughs> it's it's only possible. Like I, I can see how like in, initially like some animals were required to help, but like it, it's not really what the, it was really about. Cats it, didn't do shit, and that's all you need to know. That's true. Wrong. wrong. <laughs> no. In in my in my extended edition of Alphabet of Manliness, I have the numbers of manliness, and I talk mm-hmm. about my grandpa, who was uh, so badass he used to get hand jobs from lions and there's an illustration in the book of a lion giving my grandpa who looks exactly like me a hand yeah. job <laughs> pretty amazing wow yeah interesting thank you <laughs> see now who's the person yeah <laughs> yeah i mean you've created yif my grandpa my <laughs> yeah. i did you've it li- for- you've literally published <laughs> yif I thought I was a fur fag. Excuse me, New yeah. York Times bestselling author who's published yet. <laughs> By the way, as as a furry, is this fucking hairy Armenian like your wildest dream come to you life? You know, people people make that that joke. Well, not even a, I, a lot of people think like, oh yeah, so furries, you just want to like have sex with a hairy dude? No, it's not the same thing. You right. know, I don't know. If not I, exactly. It's not. Same. It's literally not the same <laughs> thing at all. It's literally Fuck. not, but it's it's a little it's, different. It's I mean, I hear you loud. Nothing, I mean, it's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's but it's not literally the same thing. <laughs> right. We should get to some quick news headlines from yes, around let's the web. Skip the news. This story. I don't know if you guys have heard of this. It's uh, heard the story, but Cards Against Humanity buys land on Mexican border to stump Trump's wall plan. This is from CNN. It said, Cards Against Humanity says it bought land on the U.S.-Mexico border to block President Trump from building his wall. They bought the land as part of a holiday promotion for which customers can contribute to the wall-blocking project with $15 purchases for surprise gift packages. On Wednesday morning, just a few hours after launching the program on Tuesday, Cards Against Humanity said it was sold out. Donald Trump is a preposterous golem who's afraid of Mexicans, said Cards Against Humanity on its website. He is so afraid that he wants to build a $20 billion wall that everyone knows will accomplish nothing. So we've purchased a plot of vacant land on the border and retained a law firm specializing in eminent domain to make it as time-consuming and as expensive as possible for the wall to get built. Wow. What do you guys think of that? Uh, It would be smarter if they didn't just flat out say that what their their (laughs) intent was because that's going to make the legal process move by a lot quicker than if they hadn't. Yeah, they can just go to court and say, hey, well, clearly you're just doing this to obstruct. I mean, that's their biggest flaw. I mean, it's good promotion, which is probably what they wanted out of it anyway. Do they realize they're alienating like their own fucking clients? How so? It's a bunch of fucking hillbilly idiots that play that game. (laughs) Oh, hillbilly idiots! Yeah. They go, they go play cards against humanity. They're, yeah, they're socialites. They're a bunch of what? like farmers who are getting you, their friends coming over. They're hey. Playing hunting. Yeah, <laughs> you play, you play that game. I played it. Yeah, mm. like I said, people who get laid play cards against humanity <laughs> at parties. Yeah, except for weird Matthew McConaughey. We have this caller. He's a regular caller into the show. He goes, "Wait, can I do a weird Matthew voice?" He goes, "Listen, Maddox, people who play cards against humanity are lame." When I 
see them playing at a party, I just take a football and I throw it at the game and I leave. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but yeah, I, I've played it before. What's wrong with the game? I mean, it, yeah, okay, we've, we've gone through this a billion times, but yeah, what what would you say? I, I it's it's cute, I guess. It's just like the the. The replay value is not that much. Like no. once you get past the initial shock value of like, ooh, they say kind of inappropriate things, then it's like the, the I don't I don't get that much enjoyment out of it. And then I find on top of that, my sense of humor often does not align with who I'm playing with, and I'm just spending the entire game just disagreeing with the choices for <laughs> for like the the funniest answer. I'm like, yeah. no, when no I, way. Mm. Even if it's not mine, like not even for my own self interest, I'm like, no, yeah. that was a shitty shitty joke. It's yeah. not funny. When I uh, when I saw that headline, you know, I just saw the words Cards Against Humanity, Trump, Wall, Plot, blah, blah, blah. For a second, I was wondering if Cards Against Humanity bought a plot of land to help build the wall. That would be, now that would be ironic. It would be, well, ironic how? For them, because they're very, yeah, they're unabashedly liberal. And Are they? Again. Yeah. The Cards Against Humanity, the first deck had a ton of... Um, What's his name? Oh, uh, like anti-Bush. Whatever. Not not just anti-Bush, but uh, it was also anti-Fox and anti. Uh, oh, okay, I didn't know that. I, did, I knew. I knew it's like you said. It's surprisingly offensive. <laughs> it's what you make it. I yeah, guess, it's just the. I fact, mean, like in, I definitely in, saw something that said Hillary Clinton in it at one point, but I mean, it in, was it, some uh, cards. In like, 2017, anyone that's telling offensive jokes um, wouldn't surprise me if they would buy a plot of land to help build a wall like that's their way of trolling everybody that's their way of getting attention that would be edgy hmm. yeah i guess i i had gotten an argument on twitter not too long ago about again trump tweeted out a picture of a prototype of a wall and hmm. literally in this in this video of him building the prototype there are some workers who are leaning against it with the ladder and i thought i took a freeze frame of that and i tweeted it i said hey trump there is a critical weakness in your wall and you're you're showing it right now it's called ladders and then people are like, oh, well, you can make it taller. I'm like, oh, hope they don't invent taller ladders or ropes. And then this is, a, of course, they're trying to build a wall to prevent Mexicans crossing over illegally in a country where a Mexican escaped from the maximum security prison with a tunnel. Hope Mexicans don't figure out how to build tunnels because apparently if they're maximum security prison where they have a no-fly zone and they have quarantined all radio communication from this area, they still were able to dig a tunnel into a maximum security prison, which, by the way, this tunnel was big enough for a motorcycle to fit in. This is this is what we're up against. You think this fucking wall is going to stop shit? Wrong. Boom. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Here's another story. <laughs> <laughs> The FCC plans to vote to overturn the U.S. net neutrality rules in December. Oh. Yeah, the head of the Federal Communications Commission is set to unveil plans for a final vote to reverse a landmark 2015 net neutrality order barring or or blocking the slowing of web content. Two people briefed on the plan said. In May, the FCC voted 2-1 to to advance Republican FCC Chairman Ajit Pai's plan to withdraw former Obama administration's order reclassifying internet service providers as if they were utilities. Pai now plans to hold a final vote on the proposal at the FCC's December 14th meeting. The people said, and roll out details of the plans next week. Good. Bye, yeah, America. Oh. What? I said bye, America. Yeah, oh. Ruck Ruck is a big fan like, of re- uh, regulating, regulating yeah. the internet. Regulating is... the internet, yeah. Wait, wait, wait. What do oh, you mean? I thought I thought this was... 
This was this is What's saying happening? What, this what is happened? saying they're going to roll back net neutrality, which so means net what? Neutrality isn't a right. Thing. Net neutrality yeah. is the government regulating the internet and calling yeah. it freedom. So they're, yeah, yeah, the removal okay. of these regulations. Right, right to to free the internet, like it was when the best page in the universe launched, which could no, never happen. No, it was neutral once, once, when it was when it was launched. How is it, it neutral? Been, what well, net neutrality means is yeah. that every don't look at him. Of, you look at me. What, ev- why? Every type of traffic is treated equally on the internet. So you don't have to pay more to access certain websites. It, it has why less. It, it's more? not a regulation of the content on the internet. It's a regulation on how internet it's service the providers. the government getting a little bit too it's, involved. Well, I mean, right. it's, it's saying that you can't rig certain websites to be in favor of others, right? Yeah. To get more traffic and have it load faster. Who can't Whereas, rig? The internet service providers. So if the let's cor- say an, an ISP decided, okay, let's squeeze a little bit of money out of Netflix right now. Mm-hmm. They could throttle Netflix's streaming service. Or let's say an ISP, like uh, one that's owned by Time Warner, they want to do their own streaming service. They can have their, their Warner streaming service um, at streaming at higher speeds than Netflix and having mm-hmm. an unfair advantage for their own for their own company, right? Is, is that or what they happens? Could, that's yes, literally that's what people exactly are concerned about. That's like literally that's among the top concerns is unfair advantages given to certain websites or or, or content creators or companies, where it yeah. means that if you're trying to compete, if you're trying to start a website like like Best Page in the Universe in this current day without net neutrality, then you might be at a disadvantage to the point where they would throttle you so hard that you wouldn't be able to start without paying the money. Well, like, they're going to try and... Well, there's no, like, official plans, but it's like, okay, well, what are you going to do when you're not being regulated? You know? Like, why do you want place? so hard to... Sorry? Were these laws in place back in the 90s when you launched your website? Yeah, it was net neutral. This has always been net neutral. Mm-hmm. It was always there were it's always laws. Always been net mm-hmm. neutral. Yeah, what gov- what Ruck is trying to say is he he, he wants less government regulation yeah. in a product that the government created. Nah, that's bullshit. Don't <laughs> fucking give me that shit. Bill Gates put the internet in everybody's house. Not the fuck. Not Al Gore. You Wrong. fucking cuck. <laughs> oh my god. It's neither this guy, Al Gore. This guy nor has Bill the Gates. biggest hard on for the fact that the internet was developed by the military. It fucking he salivates at the the fact that the government had something to do with the internet when it was. Bill Gates, it was Steve Jobs who put it in everyone's home and everyone's pocket. Don't mm. fucking roll your eyes. Don't fucking look to the ceiling. It for was clues. literally neither oh Steve God. Jobs it was, nor oh Bill God. Gates. You're, you what, got, is that, what do they have to do with the internet? The tell me, tell me, tell me, you don't know jack shit by about Bill Gates. You don't know jack shit about Bill Gates or Steve Jobs. Yeah, that was you. <laughs> All right. Listen, I, I just want to be very clear. Yes, I'm on the opposite side of net neutrality as literally every single person listening and watching. I'm aware of that, and I'm not fucking afraid of you because I know the truth. This is, <laughs> this is, this is less of a, a question about... Yeah. The, the the issue at heart here is whether or not there's fair competition. And right now, the only thing that makes the internet the internet, the only mm-hmm. reason why we have this wealth of different uh, uh, content creators and programs is because there was an equal playing field for people right. to be able to start their content and have a voice, right? Yeah. And well, we don't want to take that away. That destroys the very fabric of what the internet is. Well, no. we already don't have... turn it into fucking cable. We already have a preview of what a non-net neutral internet looks like. It's called... Facebook. Today, if you want to create a website like mine, the best page in the universe, you can't because you can't ever get enough traction unless something goes super viral just by chance on Facebook because Facebook throttles you every time you want to access a bigger audience. Yeah, you've seen it yourself, Rucka. When you post a post on your Facebook page, what's the first thing that comes up? 
Oh, would you like to boost this? Yeah, so I, no. don't, I don't post it on Facebook. Oh, then where do you yeah, post it? Yeah, don't turn it? the yeah, whole internet yeah, no, no, into that. On yeah, other websites. Post- Literally, we're all, we, we're, we're all on this podcast because we post viral content, because we po- we created something that people saw and wanted to see again and wanted to share. And we're all and you guys are sitting here talking about how, like, oh, the government needs to keep competition fair or, or the internet's going to be Neutral. rest in peace. Neutral, that's bullshit. The key question is, do we believe in property rights? Do we believe in, do we believe in liberty? Is the, the internet, internet, is the internet like a service or a property, though? It's a prop. I mean, it, I mean, a like, property. It should be, well, th- I mean, it, there's there's people that are arguing okay. that it should be considered a utility. Like, right. That's lines, that's right? the Maddox argument that that private property becomes a utility when it becomes when it's popular. How, how's the internet property? Whose property well, is it? The inter- I don't know. The internet provider is a private company. The uh-huh. websites are privately owned. Well, what if we, instead of the internet, the, the what people if- who choose to patronize those companies are private citizens oh, 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 that have agency to decide what they want to do? Yeah. Without the without the internet connecting to all of our different computers that we privately own, it doesn't exist. Well, so know? so what you have the the analogy here is with the airwaves, right? With radio waves and television waves, there's yeah. a certain amount of bandwidth for those. And what they did a long time uh. ago is corporations came in and they said we're going to pay to license those. Uh, above and beyond anyone else. And guess who ended up deciding what content we what? see? The companies did. Oh you my. and I can't you and I hold can't on, put hold on Hold on, hold on. What? You really want to bring up the radio waves for this? The radio was discovered by private citizens. The government for no reason that has ever been named decided that it was theirs to regulate. And today you need a quarter million dollars to just get an FCC license to launch a radio station because apparently the government owns the world. No. So the radio was completely taken away from the hands of the people who discovered how to broadcast on it and it was turned into government property which is exactly what the internet will become eventually the internet will be like a tv station where you need to run it by the government okay. and you need to spend a lot of money and have all your content approved all right Rucka, good argument having yeah. Net yeah. neutrality though? Uh, i mean like that's that's a very it's that's one a, great, it's a very specific you're issue, giving the though. government power that is not rightfully there but it's you, right. you don't need any you, you don't need to to fill out paperwork to start a youtube channel no oh, not YouTube. now absolutely like, not that's yeah, well, exactly the, the we're, issue again, at hand is net we're neutrality. all here because the government was not um, is not run by the government, and the less government in the internet, putting aside criminal activity, all right, putting aside criminal activity to take place on the internet. But other than that, the less government, the better. The more power you give them, the more it will multiply. This yeah. is what happens in every industry. You want corporate governance, not government. That let you're talking about. You want competition. Let that let deregulate, mm. privatize. Let more yeah. companies so, in. So let's let's entertain this thought, right? Yeah. Let's 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 imagine today, right now, the government said, okay, no more FCC, no more radio regulation, mm-hmm. and let's just let anyone broadcast anything they want, anytime they want. You know what would happen? Everybody who wanted oh, to God. could have a receiver and broadcast whatever bullshit they wanted to, <sighs> and that's why pirate radio is outlawed because you interrupt useful tr- what, uh, what, uh, transmission of, catch, of, of did communications. Did you catch the part about other? Well, I believe in 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 uh, property again, and it, the radio frequency can be owned by the company or person that owns it, and then interrupting that does become a crime. Uh, why I, is it a crime? Well. Yeah, I mean, because it what do you belongs say, to somebody. The the ra- radio and inter- internet are very different formats and platforms where there's not like a limited amount of frequencies on the internet to which you you yeah can, that's a good thing. You know, that, everyone now can have their own yeah. so their own site. I, their I'm own not thing. sure I agree with it as an discovered. analogy for for. 
It's not exact. Yeah, I, it's, I agree. I, yeah. The it's, internet is even more. It's, it's there, its own issue. There's an even bigger case for the internet to remain unregulated. That's what they're trying to say is that they're trying to keep the internet unregulated from corporations. Yes. Oh my God. You want the government to become. You, you want to turn mean, the internet become? into single payer. This is how we've had it, though. I mean, like, it's, this, it's, 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 it's successful. Worked, it's flourish. Rucka wants to come and change something that's worked and flourish and has made him successful, made me successful, and made you successful. We want to change something that already works. We want to fuck around with it. That's what this what is. Mean, what is this? This is the net neutrality. They're trying to change what already we know works. Why fuck? with something that we this know is This has working. always been in place? Yes. yes. What exactly is this? <laughs> Fuck you, Rucka. All right. We're, uh, <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Wilcox is coming on here to debate you this. Great. I would love to. Right. Is he an expert? At He'll fuck you up the I anus. <laughs> I, I'm just, I'm fascinated because like, you know, just looking at polls online, it's it's hard to come yeah. by anybody. Yeah, oh, that, 100%. I, Everyone, uh, fuck the world. Everyone, last one of you. If you're fucking making the case that the government is here to fucking help us pr- uh, save capitalism yeah. by... by oh. well, let's I change, mean, like, let's change think, what works. Let's, I, let's I mean, do yeah. it. Fuck, yeah, let's be pragmatists. I mean, Just you, like, like you Joseph don't... Stalin uh, uh, <laughs> see, showing like... us what works with the fucking farms. Are you like ANCAP or like... No, I'm, I'm, uh, I believe in strong protection of property. So, I mean, like, in, in, do, do you believe that we should have regulation for health and safety standards I'd in like, our food? I'd like to start deregulating to the point where, where, where it's people completely die. privatized. Like, I'm, oh, I mean, yeah, sure. <laughs> few, few people to, dying. To say yeah. that there shouldn't be, like, cockroaches and, and rats in well, no, people's I, food? I, th- I, mean, I think... Like, but, I've... I mean, I think I think I would only uh, buy food from a company that's that's uh, reputable, and they've got they they've got regulators uh, that they voluntarily submit to, as do most restaurants today. Right. Yeah. Okay. I just uh... it, that you want to talk about preserving what works. This is I, something that's always worked. I, I empathize with the gripes of governmental overreach. I empathize with that, mm-hmm. but I don't think that throwing the baby out with the bathwater is the appropriate measure. The ba- you have to, like, yeah. I mean, like you, you have to admit that there are regulations on corporations that do benefit us as a society. And when we're talking about net neutrality as an issue, that's a very specific issue. We can't just treat it as though like every other. Uh, every other example where, oh yeah, there's too much government here, too much government here. We can't just treat those as though they're all the same. We have to judge them individually. Right. We have and to... so far, we know exactly what works well, we in have... the yes or no answer for this. Like, the, uh, uh, no net neutrality. It's like, we might as well have, like, North Korean internet, you know? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. we might as well only be able to access certain websites. They can only access, like, North Korean videos, you know? Like, we shouldn't... It's it's the idea of having as as much freedom with our content as we possibly could have it's a question of property being respected and the the baby in the bathwater in this case is uh property rights being enforced if we if we that which is why when michael malice is in here i'm yelling at him just as vehemently because he believes in anarchy and i'm saying no that distinction is important that property does exist that there is a purpose for the government the government is here to enforce the law to protect people and their property intellectual as well as physical property so i'm no i'm not saying fuck the government i'm saying they have a very specific purpose and as soon as you give them this much more than just protecting our property as soon as you start telling them oh yeah make it so uh capitalism works better than than it would otherwise we end up with a freak show lobby system which is what we have today you know one of the first things that might go if there's no net neutrality would be an objectionable political content and I don't know if that strikes a chord with you, but if let's say 
the owner of the ISP is very left or right leaning and they don't like any content that has this uh, specific tags that have a political affiliation with it, they can literally decide, hey, I'm going to yep. throttle that content. What's the last time? I'm going to have it load at like 240p at like one we're already, <laughs> kilobyte we're, per second. You know, they have the ability to uh, do that well, if we we're, take we're, away those regulations. Ahead. We're already seeing that with Sinclair Broadcasting, which is very conservative, and Turner Broadcasting, which is more liberal leaning. They don't broadcast conservative programming on Turner, and they don't broadcast liberal programming on Sinclair. It's, so what you have is a bunch of uh, disparate sections like little islands of media companies that pick and choose which political view they want to espouse and then that's where you get people on the right screaming and bitching and moaning about how liberal mainstream media is and then you get people on the left bitching and moaning about how conservative talk radio is all of talk radio is almost exclusively <laughs> I conservative. I don't think anyone complains about talk radio. The reason talk radio is all conservative is because li libs don't care about people. it. No, no, it's old people. <laughs> anyway, listen, you're making pragmatic arguments. You're telling me I should want net neutrality because, because that's I, I, what it I, can, exists. I can lose my access to people's... Uh, Internet, like, listen. Might as well take away freedom. We, we, we of speech need to. Lies. We need to start with principles, which is property and and liberty. Then we can talk about the prac. I believe. I I strongly believe that if we privatize and deregulate the internet, again, not not as far as criminal activity. Cr crime is still crime, whether it's child porn or theft. A hundred percent, the government should be there to uh, arrest. But beyond that, um, we leave it alone. Let let as many companies offer their service as want to, and just see how much see how much better it gets. That's or the, how literally much worse. what we have right now. The problem the problem with 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 this issue in ISPs yeah. is I'm not sure how it is in America, but I'm assuming it's somewhat similar to Canada, where only a handful of companies control the internet. It's basically like an oligopoly, if that's what you call it. Um, and in in order to say like, oh, yeah, there can be other competition. If I don't like what this ISP is doing, I can just move on. No, you can't because they've rigged it in their favor. Like they already well, have the lines and they own the lines and they're saying, OK, no, f no fucking way. No that competition. Amer have America, competition is, is a, America is what I, I call mean, a mixed economy. Yeah, it's, it's got like it's got elements of free market, but it's it's very difficult to start a business over here. It's very difficult to break into a market where other businesses are in have deals with the government. It local as well as beyond. So it's I'm I'm just saying you, you the more you marry government with business, the more you let the government help us with business, the more the businesses actually get more power than you wanted them if, to have. If these businesses were treated in the same way where it was just a bunch of you know, local mom and pop restaurants and you had a million options to choose from, then this might work practically what you're suggesting, but we don't. And well, that's what we need to move towards. Well, until then, we should have net neutrality. Well, net neutrality <laughs> moves us away from that irreversibly. Wrong. We literally have it today. Again, this is the most successful platform we've ever seen. We, the, the internet is unregulated right now. What do now. you mean? You're saying that only a few companies have this? Look, Rucka, in order for the internet to have freedom, for everyone to be able to do what they want, say mm -hmm. what they want, broadcast how, how they want, and sell their business, set it up, do whatever they want on the internet, mm -hmm. that's currently what we have. And then companies companies came in and they said no we want to buy out certain portions of the internet and buy certain bandwidths of traffic so that we control those and we can throttle your speed so in order to prevent them from regulating the internet that's what net neutrality regulation is is to keep it unregulated from corporate interests okay when listen you, okay I'll, I'll, I'll go go ahead i was i was just gonna say like this is this is one of those moments when you when you have to watch how history is repeating itself 
and how these gigantic American corporations are saying, hey, hey, I'm going to pay you some money in the government. I'm going to lobby you to get what I want. And they've been trying so desperately. And you have to wonder why. It's very much for their own financial interests so they can screw people over more. And they've done it a million times in America. That's why America is what it is today. That's why people voted for Donald Trump, because they were sick of ty- and tired of getting fucked over by these same interests that Hillary Clinton represented. And they thought that they had another chance out of it. You know, I, this has I, been happening wish, in America I wish for Don- so long. I wish Donald Trump was a free market guy. He's probably the people worst thing. He's, uh, they they shouldn't have even thought it because he said nothing to even imply anything close to that. But uh, I, I wish I wish the two of you were free market guys. Uh, I want a complete divorce of government from business, which would completely eliminate the lobby system. This country did not used to be a lobby system. Today, it's nothing but a lobby system. You say you don't want the uh, big businesses uh, getting favors from the government, Google, as well as others. I'm saying I'm, I'm with you 100 percent. And the way to do that is to get the government to divorce the government from these businesses, as opposed to marrying them closer no together. No regulation is what they want the most. We've seen <laughs> like, good, good. The, the, I would the want the same is, thing. Well, I mean, Rucka, you cannot. That's, not, that's indefensible when mm-hmm. you look at the examples of la- less regulation fucking up, which yeah. is Enron. Yeah. Enron More is a, is a perfect and example. What, what, and this uh, is, what, what industry? What uh, what part sector of the economy energy. is Enron? So energy. here's what happened, and I'll just give a brief mm-hmm. brief uh, history lesson for yeah. those who who because this happened in the early 90s, uh, mid uh, early, like early to mid 90s, 2000s, I think. Early somewhere to mid 90s, yeah, yeah, somewhere around then. Yeah. So a lot of our listeners might not remember this or know about this, but they deregulate. They really pushed really hard in California to deregulate the energy markets, and the reason they wanted to do that is so that they could make money on surplus energy from one state and sell it to another one. So for example, Nevada produces a lot of energy with Hoover. Dam. Hoover Dam produces more energy sometimes than they can even use. So what companies like Enron wanted to do is they wanted to deregulate the energy markets from California to Nevada so that they could buy the surplus energy in Nevada and sell it in California. Originally, they put up regulations to prevent that from happening. So Enron lobbied and got them to change that regulation and deregulate it. And then finally, when it was deregulated, they found that it wasn't enough money for them to just simply buy surplus energy from Nevada to California. They decided to do some extra shenanigans, and they decided to uh, hold it against certain markets that needed that money. So instead of selling it to them, now they had control over all the surplus energy, and they would withhold it to artificially raise the price of energy. And they were making money hand over fist until regulators caught on and the government caught on to what the fuck was happening they were causing artificial blackouts in california there were tons of stories about these weird blackouts and brownouts going on in california and all of a sudden people started investigating and see what the fuck was happening turns out enron was just putting their thumb on the scale and preventing cities and regions from buying this energy because they had complete control over it. And that's what happens when you deregulate sometimes. I'm not saying deregulation is always the answer or always wrong, and I'm not saying regulation is always the answer and always wrong, but net neutrality is trying to keep what we have working in existence. If if you give them... Wrong. It's a rock around. <laughs> I felt like one. If you anyway. give them your hand, they'll take a whole arm. You know, like... Oh, they, yeah. It's, it's, it's people are coming up with very reasonable concerns as to what they think will happen and why they would want uh, to remove net neutrality so bad. And I think that those are legitimate concerns that I don't I don't see what the possible benefit would be I as much the, as I could say like, oh, yeah, it's principled to to deregulate in whatever circumstance. I don't see what the actual benefit would be. Well, what what drives most people 
in today's society is this immense, almost innate distrust of businessmen. That's why Maddox gets a hard-on from two things. He gets an enormous boner from the idea that the government invented the internet and an even bigger boner from, uh, from stories of major corporations breaking the law and defrauding everybody. These are two things he speaks about with passion that fucking... The, the women in his life, he keeps them up for days whenever this comes up in conversation. They can't, they can't walk, they can't walk for months on end. Listen, I, I've, listen. I hope you've found me to have made some decent points. I'm unfamiliar with the details of net neutrality. There will neutrality be a lot of comments, and, and as well as the details of Enron. But I'd like to see this debate continue with somebody that I entrust to bring in here. Please read the comments in this video because oh, this yeah, will be fun. You know, this has been an unintended but very interesting side debate. I this. So I. I think for the second portion, the second question on the website, we're going to have that be the question. Vote on madcastmedia.com. We're going to we're going to see if people are for single digits, single digits on my side. (laughs) Good prediction. Single digit if it gets one percent. We'll see. Well, you know, it's uh, we'll see. All right, we'll see what the audience thinks. uh, Next next available episode, I want to bring Kirk in here. Last time you brought him in here, you debated fucking Sega games with him. Yeah, you fucking furry you, you Sonic fan. I love Sonic. You yiff artist. You're talking. You got a fucking a scholar, scholar Kirk in here, and you're talking to him about Nintendo games. I would love to bring Kirk in. So. We're gonna have this on the on the website. Yeah. Net neutrality. Vote on net neutrality for or against, and vote for the best worst movie of all time. Yeah. But we have one last story, real quick. I'll I'll run this. Through. Oh, you got it. I just I just wanted to say, man, like if you're if net neutrality is seriously at stake right now, Americans listening, just go out and protest if you really if you really want to keep it, because that's a part of a part of why a lot of companies have been so successful at at passing these bills is because people don't really get riled up about yeah, it. Yeah, we, we like you to know, stay like, in. It's, I mean, like, if, you know, so many people came out for, for the Women's March that it was an international thing, you know, and that was essentially just mm-hmm. a big fuck you to Donald Trump, right? And if if people really care about about the internet and how it functions, you need to have something like that. You need to have something where people are actually paying attention and where politicians and the FCC can't just go like, oh, yeah, those were fake comments. Those weren't actually real people. You know, they still will do something, please. I mean, I, I hope. But we are living in an era where you can literally hold a side by side picture of two presidential rallies, two presidential inauguration crowds where one is clearly smaller than the other, and they will argue about a photo where you can clearly mm. see where one is less than the other. This uh, is the era we live in. It was raining. Yeah. <laughs> American politics is a fucking shit show. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, one last story real quick. Uh, Leonardo da Vinci painting was sold for $450.3 million, shattering auction highs. Now, this is kind of interesting. I hadn't even seen this Painting How much? before four hundred and fifty million dollars. Wow! So nearly half a billion dollars. Mm, wow! After- the, the the mathematician teacher now uh, can add up. Numbers. Oh, yeah. Am I going to get a bunch of fucking dildo corrections for that? You dipshits. <laughs> After 19 minutes of dueling, this is from New York Times. After 19 minutes of dueling with four bidders on the telephone and one in the room, Leonardo da Vinci's Salvatore Mundi painting was sold on Wednesday night for $450.3 million with fees, shattering the high for any work of art sold at an auction. It far surpassed Picasso's Women of Algiers, which fetched 
$179.4 million at Christie's in May of 2015. The buyer was not immediately disclosed. Now, I looked up why this painting was so uh, highly regarded, and I found an article on Artnet.com. It says, why are experts perplexed by Leonardo da Vinci's Salvatore Mundi? Well, the riddle centers around an orb in the left hand of Jesus. So it's a painting of Jesus, and he's holding an orb in his hand. And the oddity of this painting, and I have a picture. I'll post this on the website and on YouTube if you guys are watching. It's kind of hard to tell. I have a shitty black and white printout, but it's Neil Breen. What the fuck? It's a, it's, a, it's kind of a, a kind of a crappy painting of Jesus, but in mm. his hand is an orb. And what Leonardo da Vinci failed to do is put any kind of lens distortion on the orb. So a lot of scholars, art historians, have looked at this painting and thought. Well, this is right around the era where Leonardo da Vinci was learning about the scientific properties of refraction and how light works through lenses, which is really odd that he decided not to have any kind of refraction in that orb, which has led some speculation as to whether or not it's an orb to begin with or whether it's a flat two-dimensional piece of glass, et cetera, et cetera. Guys, it's just my art style. Get over it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> looks like the Mona Lisa's fucking like, reject sister. There is no right or wrong in art. What are you trying to exactly. apply here? Damn, son. Where'd you find this? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, guys, we should wrap it up. Adam, thank you so much for finally being on the show. Thank you for having me. It was a delight. Absolutely. Thank you to Rucka Rucka, my Maharaja of moderation. Maharaja. We'll see Mikey Bolts next week. But as always, and most of all, you're welcome. Hey Adam, big fan here. Um, just wanted to know um, if you had $100 million and any actor at your disposal, what would you make? And um, have you seen the new Justice League movie yet? And are you going to if you haven't? Okay, thanks. Bye. This guy so, has a lot to say. He has a lot to say. If you had $100 million, what type of movie would you make? And have you seen the Justice League movie? <sighs> haven't seen the Justice League movie. I probably won't. It looks like shit. Correct. Um, it does look like shit. And that is a like fact. fucking trash. Right. Um, if I had $100 million, I'd... And any actor? Was the question? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, fucking... any, any, any actor. I just... Which... I just give it all to Charlie Kaufman and let him decide. It's it's a it's it's depressing how he can't get any projects funded, and I think he's a very smart and talented person that could really utilize a super high budget. So wow, that's a great answer, Charlie Kaufman. He did the adaptation and uh, being John Malkovich, right? Yeah, he wrote those. Uh, Spike Jones direct directed those. He wrote Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, which was directed by Michelle Gondry. Mm. Uh, he wrote and directed Synecdoche, New York, and Anomalisa. And aside from that, I mean, like, those are all his best films. Um, and now he's just, he's struggling to get any kind of projects off the ground because Anomalisa was not as much of a financial success as he had anticipated. That's a bummer. I still haven't seen Anomalisa, but I've heard it's amazing. It's great. I didn't like uh, Eternal Sunshine of a Spotless Mind because it was bullshit. Yeah. Um, but I did like Schenectady in New York. You like that movie a lot? <laughs> oh, yeah, I love. Really? I, I, the, the, all the films I just listed, I, I love, so. I, I like uh, I like almost all his movies. I just didn't like that one. Um, and uh, being John Malkovich, I think was the first Charlie Kaufman movie I, I watched. But uh, yeah, that's a that's a great answer. So enjoy that. It's a rucker wrap up. Yeah. <laughs> hey there! Don't forget to subscribe to Madcast shows on iTunes, Stitcher, or your favorite podcast app. Okay, bye. Madcast Media Network. <laughs>